spring. You're trying to figure out my plan? Joke's on you, bish. I don't have one. Let's do it again. Let's do one through 30. Ready? <clears throat> Ready? Let's so open the show. Three, okay. two, one, four. 14. Ooh, three, two, one, Six. five. Oh, three, two, one, seven. Nine. Three, two, one, <laughs> eight. <laughs> Why? Three, two, one, 22. twelve. Uh, three, two, one, <laughs> twenty. Three, two, one, 21. five. <laughs> three, two, one, Six. five. Three, two, one, eight. <laughs> what are you doing? Eight. Why are you going climbing I up? I want to be predictable. Three, <laughs> three two, one, Nine. three. Three, two, one, Ten. six. Three, two, one, two. Eleven. See how boring that is? <laughs> you, went, you climbed up and I thought you were going to go the other direction. Three, two, one, Seven. four. Three, two, one, five. Eight. Three, two, one, nine. nine. Thank God. <laughs> You're the death of me. I love you. I love you too. Welcome, everybody, to Survivor Series, the only show where a married couple loses their mind watching Survivor. Of course, we're talking about season 45, the finale episode of season 45 of Survivor. I'm Ryan Nacy. With me, as always, is the lovely, the beautiful, the talented Jesse Dubioski. <laughs> I thought you said the Italian. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm not even one percent Italian. I'm talking to survivor. That's offensive. What? <laughs> I think. Do you, I feel like as a culture, uh, America has just decided it's okay to be offensive about Italians and do like uh, do an offensive st- Italian stereotype. I feel like as a culture, we've all just sort of decided, you know, that's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we're not going to touch that one. It, it's like it's like the culture is like, look, we can't do any other impressions, uh, but we can still do Italian. That's that's <laughs> that's fine. That's right? not an impression. That's, not that's an impression. just Italian. That's just Italian. I feel like as a and, and maybe there's a, of course there's an argument that it's probably not great if you're an Italian. That's probably not great, but. Uh yeah, it just feels like the culture has just been like this is the only impression everyone can do. <laughs> you, no one can do any other impression. Uh, that that you know, I mean, I guess people can do like Polish people impressions, but what is a Polish person impression, Jesse? Mm. I was gonna say it's just a Russian accent, but um, your borders but, are invaded. <laughs> it's a Russian accent, but you're sad most of the time. Uh, <laughs> love being Polish. It's a Russian accent, but you're obsessed with potatoes. Uh, <laughs> we can make these jokes because we're Polish, right? Is that the that's the rule of law? Anyways, is that how we wanted to start this episode? I don't remember anymore. Welcome everybody to Survivor <clears throat> Series again. I'm Ryan. That's Jess. Uh, we're talking the finale episode. The finale, please. Finally, the finale. I'm I'm deciding it's finally now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You had you've had many email chains with uh, both Miriam and Webster mm-hmm. uh, about the pronunciation of finale. Yeah, and I just think that finale is is much more, you know, elegant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it feels, much more it feels fun like it's to draping. say. It feels like it's a word that drapes. It is a word that drapes. You know, because like in the UK they say the final. That's boring. We say finale because we're trying to 
put a little flourish on it. Mm-hmm. What if we just went full? Uh, what's the thing? Uh, scrolly, scrolly things. The scrolly things. The tildes. No, no, no. The full like when you're like shush, 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 when Rib- you're ribbon. Oh, like uh, I was gonna say cartography. We're going full calligraphy. Loop, and calligraphy. We're just calling it finally. Calligraphic. No. <laughs> that sounds like something. But I'm calling it finally now. Finally. Well, it was the finale. It was fin- Ooh, finally the finale. Finale. I like finale. <laughs> I like. I'm Millie. Vi- <laughs> Millie finale. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Millie finale episode of season 45 of Survivor. Um, let's talk about it because we got a lot to talk about um, in this recording. Uh, you know, this big three-hour episode with a 90 minutes. I think it was actually two hours worth of the actual like finale, um, with only like an hour of the sort of post-op uh, conversation with everybody. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a lot more, but then I was like, "What? How much are they gonna have to talk about?" Because like, there really wasn't. Well, I guess we'll get to that, so we'll save that for that. But um, let's just get into the show because there's a lot of different topic points of conversation I think to have about this episode because this is a. Episode, this is a finale that, I don't know, where of the finales that we've seen, how did you enjoy this one? Do you think this was a really good finale? Do you think it was great? Do you think it was bad? Where do you, where do you sort of sitting on with this finale? I thought it was entertaining, uh, for sure. Um, yeah. But wh- where were you on this sort of finale? Um. Sorry, finale. Finale. <laughs> Millie finale. I don't know. I feel like... Maybe I don't have enough finales under my belt, mm-hmm. but uh, it. I think the it was entertaining. I think the latter half was like Jeff seemed bored. But the you, yeah, you made a comment about how Jeff seemed bored at the fire making. He was like, and now Katura's got a flame. I think and I, she's smothering it. I think what that is and now. Jake is making a flame. It is burning. Burning, burning. And he wins. And he won. I think what that is is that I remember uh, it was a sports commentator. I don't remember who it was. Football sports commentator. I don't remember. Um, he made a quote, or he, he was sort of talking about how <clears throat> how it sucks to commentate a blowout because there's nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder if that was Jeff. Like Jeff is gets so excited when it's like down the wire between two people or three people or whatever. But when it's a blowout, I'm not surprised if Jeff is like, at that point, he's just like commentating the action, not like hyping it up. It's just, it's hard to hype up. Like can Katora make it while Jake, J- Jake's fire yeah. is burning so bright and so I hard. Imagine, can sorry. Katora start one? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I imagine after she smothered her fire for the third time, Jeff was probably like, well, well, <laughs> he probably. I wonder if he like sat down at that point. And is like Jake's fire is burning mm-hmm. and burning and burning, and he wins. But that's uh, obviously we'll get more into that fire making challenge and what went into that later in the episode. But overall, any other thoughts about the finale? Uh, I, I thought it was entertaining and fun. I don't. I think. It, it was sort of emblematic, I think, of a lot of what the season was. Uh, Jeff talked about in the opening. Jeff opens the show doing a sort of cold open with Jeff, where he talks about how the season has been numbers versus loyalty, uh, and more specifically into that loyalty if these relationships are real or just part of the gameplay. 
Um, that was sort of the the thing that Jeff also said. I think that's sort of like the. I think it's kind of true. Uh, numbers versus loyalty. A lot of people being like, you know, I, I'm being loyal to my my faction, but then a lot of people being like, oh you're actually just a number or, you know, it's numbers. He also says later that it's, this whole season is really about relationships. Um, I think, I mean, I also think based on this episode, I think you could say that this season of Survivor is also about like, I don't want to say like overconfidence or like lack of knowledge or anything, but just sort of like, like dumb mistakes is what I would sort of describe this season. There was a lot of dumb mistakes that people make, and there's a lot of dumb mistakes people make in this episode for sure, and we'll get to that. I feel like a lot of it boils down to the dumb mistakes is like dumb mistakes and trust. Yeah. There's a lot more trusting other people with your game in this season. Yeah. Which to an extent I get, but I think like some people, it was like so much so that they were not prepared for things to go wrong, like Drew. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I have a... <coughs> okay. Yeah, no, <clears throat> I think it's like, yeah, there was a lot of people that just sort of like, try, like the whole re-before. I like a lot of the show, latter half of the season is just like re-before's domination. I mean, really, Reba's domination the entire game because obviously the first half is just Lulu getting utterly obliterated uh, yeah. over and over and over again. Um so really, it's just like domination in that sense, and just sort of like R- Lulu making dumb mistake after dumb mistake after dumb mistake, um, and then and then obviously when we get to the merge, all these people wanting to work with Reba, but no one wanting to take down Reba in any capacity, um, sort of a dumb mistake, but also like no one, you know, that sort of like loyalty numbers dogpiling aspect, um, played into it. I feel like the the vote of the five person vote was like the most exotic exotic vote we've had all season of like four different people's names yeah being it was the most like it had the most variety yeah uh like everything else is literally just dogpiling and here it was like okay no okay we got we got voting how you how you feel voting for who you want to go um <clears throat> so i enjoyed that i guess but let's get into the actual show we get to the beginning of the show post drew vote they're at the new beach of course new torches new beach and everything Austin confirms that he was, in fact, blindsided. This plays into his a, first blindside. His first, or first, he's on, he's on first the time bad end. being blindsided. Poor little babe. Yeah, he's on the bad side of being blindsided. Uh, says that D did not tell him uh, anything. Uh, basically, that D didn't tell him. Uh, tells D he's not upset because he would have given Drew the amulet, basically confirming exactly what Dee thought was going to happen, which is yeah. why he she didn't tell Drew. Dee is happy that Austin is okay, because she doesn't want Austin to be upset or anything about this. Um, but yeah, she was right that he would have given Drew his amulet. Yeah. I think Austin was, looking at that scene, Austin was hurt for sure, but I think he's sort of like sitting there like, he's no, a big I mean, boy. yeah, he's like, it makes sense. I get why. <laughs> I get why you did that, um, but uh, it is what it is. It is what it is for sure. Uh, Katora has this weird moment where she gets upset about how close Austin and Dee have become and says that she basically needs to break them up. Uh, I was like, yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, I wonder like, when you have a showman's like that, it's very interesting to me 
and I don't know enough of my survivor history to see how other people react to it. But what's fascinating, I think, like about like a showman's like that is that do you as another player want to see this showman's flourish or do you or is it better for you to like stomp it in the ground dead before anything can happen? You know what I mean? I think as a person, you're probably like, this is adorable. As a player, you're probably like, oh, these people are getting extremely close. We need to eliminate them. Yeah. Um, it, this is dangerous for everybody's game for them to be this close. Um, cause we didn't really see it. Cause the last showman we saw, I believe we saw was Matt and Frankie. Franny. Franny. Uh, and that sort of devolved just because of Matt's ineptitude <laughs> and Franny a little bit, but, um, but that's, you know, not enough to hurt it per se. Um, they wake up, uh, they sit on the beach. They look over to the right and they see a little puzzle box, um, with, uh, and the puzzle box says that they need a code. They need to go to three different stations with various items, with crabs, coconuts, and bamboo. Count up all the crabs, coconuts, and bamboo. Put those numbers into the puzzle box um, and, you know, get the code or whatever. And then you'll win an advantage for the final five immunity. Uh, if you're wrong, you got to go back and do it all over again and, you know, count up everything again. What do you think about this challenge, this this sort of advantage challenge. I thought it was mean. Mean? Why do you say that? Because, so every time you try the combination, you have to go back to all the stations. They put those, it looks like they put them far. Yeah, Katara like, made comment about how the, ban- uh, the coconuts and the crabs were like on other sides of the beach practically. Yeah, you're just spending your whole day trudging back and forth. Because, like, let's say you go to the three, right? And you try it. Even if you're like, oh, I think it was 42, not 43. Yeah. You got to go back to all three before you can try that number again. So, like, that's just rude. It was just mean. Yeah. I just thought it was mean. I mean, it really made him work for it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, tired him out. And I think that also, too, gave... It kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. Because, of course, the, like, super athletic people are going to be the fastest to get to their first. Sure. But, like, everyone's... Or in Julie's case, the younger people. Yeah. But everyone's going to get tired out at some point. And I think it was, like, trying to level the playing field a little bit. Yeah. Um... I just thought it was funny because just like watching them like the first time they're like oh yeah we got this the second time they're like oh, all right okay. <laughs> all right going to the crabs gotta go count some coconuts there's a there's a, a shot with katora in the woods where she's like saying i have to like keep moving and persevering and stuff and she's like drenched in sweat and she's like barely moving and she's trying to keep up and push forward and it's just like holy damn this yeah. this this competition takes a lot out of you because think about it. If you're guessing twice, right, you're doing like, what, two full laps on the beach. That's like six little dashes mm-hmm. across the beach. Yeah. Like, and into the woods and then into the woods. Into, into the, the woods. woods. <laughs> um, It's a lot. Yeah. And who knows where the bamboo was. And even if one number is wrong. And the bamboo, I guess, was like on like a weird kind of rocky hill. Yeah. You know, because they had to trudge up the forest. This is all terrain, baby. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
Troy, you can't take your your you can't drive that in here. Uh, it's all terrain, dummy. <laughs> Sorry, that's a community reference. Anyways, uh, we have a shot where uh, Austin D basically go off and work together on this. Uh, so much so that you know they're confirming numbers with each other, which is sort of a, why they both get it wrong. Because when they get to the coconuts, Austin D, sa- you know, D says I got forty three. Um, uh, Austin says I got forty two. D recounts and says, "Okay, no, that's forty two. Turns out that was forty three. Well, uh, I feel like the right way to do that is one of you tries forty three and one of you tries forty two. Yeah, I'm. Sub- why did they do the same numbers? Yeah, well, seemingly either they did the same numbers or they they were standing next to each other, realized they got it wrong, or maybe they got the crabs, or maybe they got the uh, bamboo wrong. That's what made me think like maybe they got another r- number um, wrong because surely true. surely D would have then put in forty three, you know. Um. Anyways, uh, uh, everyone else is basically separate. Julie, uh, doesn't get, uh, uh, the numbers as fast, um, as everybody else. As we said, she's sort of slowing down, but she's like, that's fine. Um, uh, Jake. Speaking of survivor knowledge, Jake uses his survivor knowledge to put together who. His sort of way of remembering what the numbers were is he put together who the winner of that season was. I cannot tell you off the top of my head who those winners were, but I know Gabler was with the 43. Yeah. Uh, I like he was like, Gabler. Jake is a survivor nerd. He's like, Gabler, coconuts. He's a little nutty. <laughs> he's a little nutty. Um, a good way to describe, uh, a nice way to describe Gabler is he's a little nutty. Um but yeah, uh, he he just sort of puts uses his survivor knowledge to try to remember the code. Uh, he gets it right, which is even more important. Uh, and Jake wins. He gets an advantage going into the immunity challenge. So good on Jake. We are feeling good for Jake here. Jake yeah. has a very tumultuous episode, I would argue. Yeah, it just tugs at your heartstrings. Yeah, real uh, roller coaster for Jake this episode. You kept shouting at Jake to hide a coconut. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ryan, so, like, Ryan, if Ryan was on Survivor, just know. Like, uh, if you're ever on Survivor and and you're on an island with Ryan, yeah, he would play dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted Jake to hide a coconut. Yeah, I, well, I was thinking to myself, was like, if Jake gets the number or whatever, he should just pick up a coconut and throw it into the woods or something or throw it in the water or something because I don't recall anything in the uh it's, it's taskmaster logic is what it is being it's taskmaster logic there's no, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there was anything in the rules saying I couldn't pick up or touch any of these objects so I would just pick up the, a coconut and then throw it into the forest so that I am the only person that knows hey uh there are 43 coconuts that everyone else is going to count 42 and constantly get it wrong but i always but i'm always one i always plus one at all uh that's what i would have done because i'm a uh as the kids say a uh meanie Uh, yeah i think that that you would play dirty i I, you had look jake because jake talked about he's like you gotta do anything and i was in my moment i'm like look i'm fighting for a million dollars at this point if i have to all i can do is throw a coconut into the forest to win a million dollars I'm going to be throwing that coconut, uh, which is, I have that on a throw pillow. I'm going to be, th- I'm, I'm going to th- throw the coconut. I'm going to be throwing that. It's the, the black eyed peas song. I'm going to be throwing that nut. I'm going to be throwing that nut. I'm going to be throwing that Gabler. Uh, <laughs> uh, Millie Finelli. Uh, immunity challenge. Uh, we get to the immunity challenge for the final five. It's us a reward where they get sanctuary for two. Steak, steak dinner, dinner with uh, potatoes and wine or whatever. I think the producers are 
trying to put together another date night here. I think they know they missed their opportunity. I think that helicopter ride to the Sands Pit was the, a romantic picnic with a third wheel. Yeah. This is a date while the other one was a romantic picnic. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is definitely more formal. Mm-hmm. Um, the immunity challenge, there's so much involved with this. Crawl under an obstacle, dig up a machete, uh, break a piece of rope to cut down a bunch of sandbags and coconuts, uh, but get the sandbags. Toss those sandbags into baskets. The baskets will roll up a flag. The flag shows numbers, different numbers. Those are put into a code puzzle where you get the code puzzle, you undo it, uh, and it gets you a key. You, you take the key, you climb up the tower, and then build... Uh, and then use the key to unlock three puzzle bags to build th- a three tower p- levels. Monkey, monkey, underpants. What? <laughs> Gilmore Girls fans will get that reference. All right. Uh, so monkey, monkey, underpants. Just so much stuff going on here. Um, Jake's uh, advantage going into this is that when he gets to the sandbag, sandbag portion, uh, one, two of his sandbag flag things are already done, so he just has to throw sandbags into the closest one, and he gets it. Quite an advantage, indeed. Well. <laughs> <laughs> On paper, it's quite the advantage. Uh, Jake and Austin, I would say, get to... Uh, uh, Austin gets to a good lead, followed by Jake. Uh, Jake gets to the code first, thanks to his advantage. Uh, I'm sorry, skip that. I don't have a lot of notes on this, but sort of just Jake and Austin are really dominating here. Yeah. Well, I had a note on the beginning, but you just skipped over that. Oh, sure. So, what was your What was your note on the beginning? Um, that Jeff ke- <laughs> Jeff keeps saying it's the biggest stakes of Survivor Forty Five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's some nice, juicy, medium rare steaks waiting for the Met Sanctuary. Yeah. In case you're wondering, I think that's all. I think that's all I wrote down. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Uh, Austin and Jake uh, get to an early lead. Uh, Jake uh, takes over because his advantage allows him to. He gets the sandbags. He throws it in. He's able to move on to the code. Jake uh, finishes. uh, Austin finishes second there. Uh, Jake solves the code uh, as Austin's getting to it. And he undoes it. And then he forgets the key. Well, he runs all the way up the platform. Yes, he climbs the tower all the way up to the top. And as soon as he gets to the top, he turns around and says, I forgot the key. Well, because Jeff is going, and Austin grabs his key. Yeah. (laughs) First of many. trying to get Jake to turn around. First of many dumb mistakes for Jake this episode. Um, So he forgets the key, ultimately losing his lead because as he's climbing back down the the tower, the, the whatever... Austin has his key and is climbing up the tower. So Jake ultimately completely loses his lead. He goes back down uh, and gets his key. Uh, Everyone's at the tower. Julie's really behind, uh, but she catches up at the actual tower puzzle. She's doing pretty good at the puzzle here. Uh, She was just too slow, really. Uh, uh, It's really between Austin and Jake ultimately, though. Both are at the third final section of their tower. Jake's putting his pieces together, but something doesn't quite work. And that's because, little does he know, he is missing a piece. He is completely out of his eyesight. He is behind uh, the, the, uh, the circle tower platform that he has to put on last. He does not see it. The cameras, really, the editors are really making it known. Buddy, you forgot this. It was there the entire time. Um, so much so that even at the end, uh, Jeff lets him know it was here the entire time. Uh, you gotta kick him while he's down. Kick him while he's down a little bit. 
Uh, but I'd rather have Jeff tell him uh, instead of him Jake finding out as we all find out last night. Uh, yeah, so Jake, miss, Jake misses the piece out of eyesight. Austin gets the win ultimately. Uh, he does choose Jake for the sanctuary. Not as be romantic or beautiful or date-like if he took D, but it, it there was some sort of catharsis with uh, picking Jake because Jake, uh, Jake. Poor Jake. <laughs> and it gets worse. It gets worse. But uh, what do you think about this challenge? What do you think about Jake here? I think that if I had to sum up Jake's entire gameplay, it is that he is always, Jake is a guy that's always wanting to make moves and solve the puzzle the fastest. The problem is, is that Jake, this entire game, is always missing one piece of the puzzle. What do you think about Jake's uh, performance in this challenge? I mean, I think you summed it up pretty well. Uh, it was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Just, 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 just so close. Yeah. Um, Would he have solved the puzzle faster than Austin? I don't know. But he was getting there. Like, he was keeping up with him. Yeah, he. if he was able to get that puzzle piece, I think there's a, a possibility that he could have won. Or if he hadn't dropped his key. Oh, if he, if he hadn't have dropped his key... Well, that's the thing. Because he was doing pretty well, and it didn't, from what we could tell, didn't look like he was looking over as much as other people were at what Austin was doing. Yeah. It seemed like he was pretty much solving it himself. Because he pretty much caught up to Austin on the puzzle. Yeah. And, and, you know, if he didn't drop his key and didn't leave it behind and everything, he would have had more time on the puzzle and maybe more time to figure out, oh, I'm missing this third, you know, third piece or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, Jake. Uh, or if he didn't miss the third piece at all and was still behind and still dropped his key, maybe he still could have beaten Austin because he was able to at least catch up. Uh, and he solved the third tower fairly... Like, he solved the third tower bit fairly quickly. It was just sort of like, something's off, something's missing, and he just could never figure it out. Um, but it wasn't... You know, it's not his fault. But, well, I guess it is his fault, but... Yeah. So, really bad he day. Tried. Really bad day. Really great morning of Jake getting advantage and then squandering it completely and missing a piece of the puzzle, uh, leading to an Austin victory. Yeah. So, Austin gets his second immunity win, uh, and he picks Jake as they go into Sanctuary. We go to the uh, loser's camp first. Uh, the loser's camp, the women's camp, uh, I guess you could say, with Katora, Julie, and D. Katora. Uh, once D out says that she needs to grovel to Julie, uh, and so she talks to Julie set alone about, hey, we should vote out D. Julie disagrees. Says that she wants Jake out, someone that she's been wanting to get out for a millennia. It feels like never been able to because everyone else, really, arguably D and Drew, maybe have always wanted to get out someone else. And she's like, well, I wanted to get out Jake. Can we get out Jake? This is my chance. Uh, this is could be my Jake. Uh, and and she Julie's decision about wanting to also get out Jake is that she thinks that um, the jury will appreciate loyalty, uh, which kind of goes back into what Jeff said at the top of the episode of numbers versus loyalty. What matters most to the jury? Uh, and Julie at least thinks it's loyalty. Um, so. Julie kind of convinces Katora to vote out Jake a little bit here. Uh, D is down voting out Jake uh, because, you know, it's not going to be the three of them. I think ultimately here, D is just sort of agreeing with Katora because D is probably still like thinking to herself, I want to vote at Katora anyways. Um, but we get to the boys date. 
This isn't a boys' night. This is a boys' date. Um, Austin reveals that he brought Jake here, not for any sort of uh, real, you know, bonding experience with Jake at this point. He brought it for strategy purposes. So he brought Jake so that he can wine and dine him, uh, basically, uh, and get all the information he can. Uh, Little does he know that this is also kind of Jake's plan because Jake actively reveals information, specifically that he, in fact, has an idol. Which... I initially was like, wait, why are you telling him? Yeah, I was like, terrible idea, Jake. What are you doing? But, you know, he wants people... He wants to do something flashy with his idol. Yeah, it became very obvious that it was like, oh, he wants to... Do, well, we t- he talked about when he got it. Is that yeah. He wants to do something flashy with this idol. He just doesn't know what yet. So his his tactic is to not get votes on him. Because he's going to play his idol for himself. Have everyone convinced that he's going to play his idol so no one will put votes on him. So he's automatically safe in a way. Do you think it would have been flashier, I guess? It pro- Do you think it would have worked out better if he had not told anyone about his idol? They voted for him. And then he played his idol and he picked who went home? Probably. That would have been the safer bet. Now, now, would that have happened? I think D and Austin would have still talked about voting Katora. That's true. I think D still would have wanted to vote for Katora, and then she would have tried to convince Julie, and Julie would probably still vote Jake. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If, I feel like it's maybe he didn't feel like the votes were going to be on him. He he wanted right. he wanted to do this grand. I mean, that's part of it. Is that like that's part of Jake's entire thing? Is that he always wants to do this grand plan, but there is the he he. But his grand plans are not simple enough. They're too complicated. Yeah. A simple thing is just get all the votes on you, and then you know make yourself safe, and you decide. Maybe you and another person decide who's going home. And in in his case, it would have been, uh, I I think. If he just decided, it would have been just like Julie or something. Yeah. Um, I think because uh, yes, because Jake in this moment says that he wants Julie out, uh, and Austin sort of disagrees with that idea. And I guess that's the part is that even Austin says, "I don't know if it, we should get out of Julie." So it would have probably had Austin if if they didn't talk about the idol and it was just like Jake being like, "I'm gonna get Julie out," and Austin be like, "I don't know if Julie's the right idea." Then he and he and D would have talked about Katora anyways true so Austin tells D about Jake's idol starts spreading that knowledge around they both look towards Katora as the vote Jake and Katora talk about voting out Julie uh, Jake also shows Katora his idol again to spread out that knowledge Katora says uh, that they should blindside D uh, this is sort of a start of a interesting move so obviously the the right now the the votes are on Katora V Julie Um. Katora, however, sees this opportunity of what if we don't get Julie out? What if instead, Jake, what if instead we got out D? I think she has a good chance of winning the immunity challenge the next episode. Uh, that gives her three immunity challenge wins. She has strong relationships. Uh, she's a good, great social player. Um, I think she can easily win. She gets in. She picks Austin. Then you and me, and we vote, you know, and Julie, you know, if Julie, we vote at Julie here, then Austin, then D could win. Then she brings Austin with her, and then you and I are making fire, and one of us is going home. S- essentially predicting, not even essentially, exactly predicting the yeah. entire finale and how it will play out right in front of Jake. And Jake thinks about it and says, that all makes sense. That all sounds plausible. Let's go with your plan. 
put a pin in that. Um, uh, any other notes I had? Julie doesn't believe that Jake's idol is real. Uh, she never does. She never believes Jake. Uh, which is what is interesting is that like she doesn't believe Jake's idol is real, but D is the one that told her. But D even said stuff something like, "Well, he could be like lying or something. He could be making it up." Which is interesting because the person that D was told from was Austin, and Austin said specifically, "He showed it to me. It was legit." Because Austin had one of those immunity idols before. He knows exactly what it looks like. So he saw it and was like, it was legit. Then D tells Julie, eh, it could be fake. <laughs> he, he could be lying. Yeah. Would Austin, is she guessing? Is she? That was an interesting moment to me. And it sparked, it doesn't, it, it doesn't ultimately matter because Julie votes Jake and Jake gets one vote and he doesn't go home. Like, no, none of that really matters. But it's just that train of events is very interesting to me because it's like, was D assuming Austin was lying to her? You know what I mean? Like, what 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 was happening there? I guess it ultimately doesn't matter, but I, I was just confused what was happening there. I wonder if she just didn't think that Austin... Like, I think she maybe thinks that he tricked Austin. Yeah. Somehow. I don't know. Even Austin, even though Austin... Or maybe she didn't hear that Austin was like, oh yeah, it's legit. Anyways. Uh, basically, no one knows what to do. The votes are all over the place. Um... Julie's looking at. I think you wrote down the potential possibilities of who people were going to vote for. Yeah, it was Julie was most likely going to be on Jake, possibly going to be Katora. D was voting for Katora. Katora was voting for D. Jake was voting for D. Austin was voting for probably Julie or Katora. Mm-hmm. I think he was leaning toward Julie. Yeah, he was sort of unsure what he should do. Yeah, going into tribal. I mean, yeah. There's a moment right before they leave for tribal where Jake and Katora talk to each other and Jake is just like, I'm I'm going with the plan. I'm going to vote for D. Even though I originally wanted Julie out, I'm going to go with D. Your plan makes sense. Do, do you trust me? And Katora's like, I don't trust those eyes. And, Jake, and Jake's eyes are real <laughs> real rough in this episode. But uh, he's like, he's like, what do you want me to swear on? I'll swear on anything. I'll do it. And he's like, and then she has him swear on his mother. I swear on Nana or grandmother. I don't know who yeah. Nana is, uh, but swear on Nana. He swears on his on his Nana that I'm voting for D and that you're making back to here uh, and all this stuff. But Katora's like, I, I don't still still don't know if I trust Jake, but uh, I, I don't know. And yeah, and we use that knowledge to get into tribal council. <sighs> oh, Katora, we get to tribal council. Uh, not much I got from really the tribal council here. I just wrote down that Jeff calls out Jake's troubles <laughs> in the immunity challenge and everything. Um, there's nothing really. Yeah, to- thanks for recapping that, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, the great line, great line from Jake. Great, thanks for recapping that, Jeff. Um, I don't, I don't really have anything from the tribal council. I don't know if you picked up anything really fun here. Um, it, uh, it's one of those things of like this is sort of like a lame duck tribal council where it's just sort of like. Nothing about this tribal council really matters this early in the episode because we're all sort of like, all right, let's get to the finale. Um, and ultimately, none of it really matters anyway. Uh, well, like none of the yeah. none of the stuff that happened during tribal because, like, I, I, well, I, I guess, well, I guess actually, I mean, what happens in the tribal is very important to to what happens because this tribal ultimately decides who wins the game. You no, know I mean, like during like the talking portion yeah that's fair that's fair um so let's get to the votes then that's the more interesting topic so the votes are 
Uh, everyone's, you know, Katora, D, Jake, Julie, all pick up votes. But during the voting process for Katora, Katora says to camera that I am changing my vote. I believe she says because she doesn't sh- trust Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, so she changes her vote again. Her vote was going to be D. She decides, I'm not going to vote for D. I'm going to vote for someone else. We find out that she ultimately votes for Julie. And uh, it doesn't Jake <laughs> Jake plays his idol like his plan was. Plays it for Katora. Katora is safe. She only picks up one vote, however. As many votes as Jake. <laughs> there, was a, there was a chance it was going to be two. There was a chance it was going to be two, but she ends up picking up one vote. As many votes as Jake receives. Um, and then, uh, D flips, uh, sorry, not D, uh, Katora flips on the plan, which was her plan, uh, goes against Jake, uh, and doesn't trust him for some reason. Um, and instead votes out Julie goes of Jake's plan in a weird way. Uh, and Julie, uh, is eliminated from Survivor. I have many thoughts on this. Go right ahead. Beanie. Um, cause so, I mean, everyone voted how they said they were going to vote except for Katora. Yeah. How does changing to Julie affect anything? Is it because, like, I mean, ultimately, I guess it's because we know the numbers. Does she think that there are votes on her and that most people are voting for Julie? And if she gets tricked into voting for D, then there will be more votes on her than there are on Julie? Well, is that what she thinks? Does she think D and Austin are voting for Julie and Julie and Jake are voting for Katora? And if Katora votes for D, then it's a tie between Katora and Julie and they have to revote. Like she, she makes a point in the post Julie vote conversation that her flip was sort of self preservation. I'm trying to understand how though. I, I understand. I'm just saying what her reasoning was. It was self preservation. But how was it self preservation? It she must have thought that I don't know, because who? Because who was the other person that voted for Julie? Austin. Yeah. Yeah. So she must have thought that. How would it have been self-preservation? Because it would have been two votes on D, and now it's one vote on D, two votes on Julie. But she doesn't necessarily know that Julie's getting a vote from Austin. Unless she does, and she thinks that because Austin's voting for Julie, then most then D is voting for Julie, and maybe she thinks that Jake is also going to vote Julie and not for D, and that's why she she doesn't trust Jake, so Jake's just not going to go with her plan and still go with Julie. So she's instead flipping to Julie to just be on the num siding on the numbers with Jake, and and then she, you know comes to find out it's also Austin. In that case, it would have been. You know, if Jake did flip, it would have been three on Julie. But she said that if she had known she was safe, she would have gone with the plan. So clearly she thinks that she was getting votes. Yeah. So she thinks, does she think that Julie and Jake are going for her? If she thought she was getting votes, then flipping wouldn't have mattered no matter what. Right. Because she would have gotten three votes. Unless she thought it was two on her and two on Julie. And if she voted D, then it's a tie between her and Julie and they have to revote. But if she just goes with Julie, then Julie's out and they don't have to, she doesn't have to worry about a revote. Or if, if, if the, if she, okay, let's say J- Julie's voting Jake. That's what she wants to do. Maybe they all kind of knew that this idea that she's voting on Jake. Uh, Katora gets two votes from D and Austin. Mm-hmm. 
D gets two votes from Jake and Julie. Katora thinks Jake is lying and is probably going to flip to voting on Julie instead. So, in that case, it will be two on Katora, one on D, one on Julie. To make sure that she doesn't go home then, she then has to flip to Julie because she thinks Jake is going to flip to Julie. Well, she said, I think this is where everyone's voting. Yeah. So she clearly thinks that it's that the Julie was going to vote for the, the, the what I laid out only makes sense it with four votes and assuming Julie yeah. is just voting for Jake and going her own rogue style it only makes sense if that's known by everybody but also to like if she thinks everyone's voting she must have thought that Jake was going to vote for her and Julie was going to vote for her because obviously Julie's not going to vote for herself and that Austin and D were voting for Julie and that she needed to put a third vote on Julie in order to not be in danger yeah Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But even then, like, even what if I laid out, assuming she knew about Julie, by flipping the Jake, she thinks in that case it would still then be 2-2, Katora and Julie, and then it's, you know, a revote. Julie basically has to vote on um, between Katora or uh, herself. <laughs> I was good because Julie would be the only person that voted not of those two of the two majority vote people. So they would re-vote and assuming everyone picks the same person, Julie's the only vote that has to change. So she's either voting for herself or voting for Katora, which means Katora is going home. Mm. Uh, unless they somehow convince Julie, unless they all somehow convince everybody to change their vote, vote again to like D or something. Mm. It, it was a self-preservation, but a move that was incredibly dumb because ultimately, again, it, D would have gone home here if everyone stuck, if Katora stuck with the plan. And it's ironic that the move of self-preservation is actually what did her in. Not only did her in, but it, it was the move for a million dollars. Yeah. It was the move that killed her game completely. It was already getting bad. <laughs> it was already not really much From of what we've seen, yeah. From what we've seen. But it ultimately is the move that gets D specifically the win. Because uh, D would have gotten eliminated here. And then what would have happened after that? If D goes home here, uh, which is the next part two of this conversation that I want to add. If D goes home here, what does the rest of the game look like? You- I, I think there's a chance that Julie could have won that. Challenge. I agree. I think I obviously I think Jake still would have broken it. Yeah. I think Austin I think I think how it played out for everybody else is how it would have played out. It's just a matter of would Julie have faltered like everybody else and then it's anybody's game. I don't know. She's been steady. She's, She's not incredibly fastest, steady. But she is Incredi- steady. And that's what you have to be, is not really yeah. the fastest and just incredibly steady. You you have to move quickly, but you have to move with precision. And I think Julie can do that. Yeah. And that's one of those challenges that like as soon as like you got a decent tower and the next person closest person fucks up, like you have a sizable lead and you can just take your time, which is what D did, was able to take her time yeah. and really like focus on it because all she had to do was not knock it down. Exactly. Everyone exactly. else had to start over. Um, in which case, let's say Julie wins it, right? Um. Julie wins it. Who would she take with her? She's not taking Austin. She didn't want. She wouldn't take Jake. So I think she, she would take, make Austin and and Jake make fire. Yeah. So then she's bringing Katora with her. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that well, might be true. Well, because she wanted Jake out the whole time. Yeah. I don't think she would bring him with it. That would be the opportunity to get Jake out. I think she also recognizes that Austin's a threat. And if there's a chance that he doesn't sit next to her in the final three. Yeah. Because she did want to get him out. And in in how the fire making would have gone, Austin would have won that easily. Because Jake was so bad at it that Austin helped him. So yeah. in this situation, Austin wouldn't have helped him. Uh, and Katora wouldn't be able to help <laughs> Jake. Uh, maybe Julie. I don't yeah. know. I don't think Julie wants to get Jake out. So Jake wouldn't get any additional help. He would probably go home against Austin. And there's then the also- final three is Julie, Katora, and Austin. Yeah. I think there's also like the argument of, do you just bring Austin so that like D said, he doesn't get that extra like badge mm-hmm. well, to then, bring with him. Then in that case, I don't know if she's going to put Katora against Jake. Does Julie's fire making, which we have no idea, is Julie's fire making better than Jake's? That she herself can finally knock out Jake. She gets that. She gets that sort of um, thing, you know, thing across her uh, badge across her lapel, um, and then she knocks out Jake, and then it's her, Austin, and Katora, and I think Julie can win it. Katora f- gets in final three, uh, but I think Julie in that case wins the game. People love Mama J. Yeah. The only other scenario here, obviously, is Julie doesn't win the immunity challenge at the final four and someone else wins it. Um, but, I, but I don't know who. Yeah. I, I, if she dropped it, then it would have been anybody's game and who the heck knows. I think Austin was catching up because he dropped it first before Katora. So Austin could have won. If Austin wins, he would have brought, I don't know, someone <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, know who Austin would have really gone with I think Austin maybe would have brought Julie maybe yeah I think we can both agree though that Jake saying he had an idol was more of a play and more of an effective play than actually playing his idol yes a hundred percent it his idol play here is so useless uh it, it like Poor him, guy. him having the idol exist ensured that he got the same vote as the person he ultimately saves. So it's yeah. like it, it, it is as good as it was as good as you just saying you had it was as good as you saying you had an idol but it being fake. You know, you what, know I mean? what also could have been an effective like more effective than playing it for Katora. What's that? Telling everyone you had an idol and that you're gonna play it, mm-hmm. not getting votes on you and not playing the idol. Interesting. 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 I think, I mean, it's not amazing, but it's better than what happened. Yeah. It's ultimately, it, it is, yeah, I guess it could be better. I guess it could be. I mean, I, the, the best decision would have been just trying to get as many votes on yourself as possible. And then. Yeah. But if you're going to go with his plan of telling people you have an idol so they don't vote for you, mm-hmm. I think the more like, ooh, play is like, you just don't play it. You didn't need to play it. You just used the power of the idol to get people to not vote for you. And then you didn't play it. It's yeah. not It's not the best. I don't think it's the best plan, but I think it's better than playing it on Couture, who only had one vote and ultimately ended up stabbing him in the back. What's also interesting is that I think if Jake didn't play his... If didn't Jake didn't tell anyone about the idol, I think it would have been uh, D and Austin voting Katora. Uh I think it would have been Julie and Katora voting Jake. And then Jake would have voted for Katora, got himself safe, uh, and Katora would have gone home. <laughs> Yeah. 
Like I like there's no chance. <laughs> there's just no yeah. There's no way. But um shoot what was I gonna say. Something about the back to the him playing his idol. Jake playing his idol. Not playing his idol. Oh hold on. Hold on. Hold on. She's thinking. Shit. No. I had a good thought. Hold on. Here, I'll play some I'll play some hold music. So Oh. When Katora said why didn't you tell me <laughs> about the idol? Yeah, so that post vote is where that we get that conversation, but continue. Oh. No, no, go no, that's perfect. I that sets me up perfectly for the next bit. I think he I think he played it as well as he could have without saying, well, because if I I I feel like Maybe this is my perspective. I wonder if he felt the same way. Sure. If he had told Katora, every time you tell Katora something and you tell her not to tell somebody, she tells somebody else. Yes. Because. She would have used that knowledge against Jake somehow. Yeah. She's, as she should be, she was playing with her own best interests. You know, like. Yeah. She's not going to play into a plan that, like, doesn't serve her. Exactly. Game. Exactly. So, I mean, this one does. And it was her plan. So I feel like he probably could have trusted her with it because it was her plan. But would she have taken that knowledge and gone back to Julie and been like, he's not going to play it on himself. We need to flip to Jake. Yeah. We need to get as many votes on Jake because he's going to play it on me or something. Yeah. And I could see Jake not wanting, A, not wanting to tell her because of that. And B, not wanting to say, well, I didn't trust you. But when she was like, I didn't trust you, he could have been like, well, I didn't trust you. That's why I didn't tell you. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's also very plausible because what that is to me is uh, Jake and Katora fighting over not being the ones getting voted on, and which is very Reba four versus everybody else. Yeah, it, like which they're is all the theme fighting, of the season. They're all fighting against each other while Reba's in the back being like, "All right." <laughs> they're like, "Fight, fight, fight!" Yeah, fight. they're in charge of the fight. They're running. They're, they're, they're the emperor, thumbs up, thumbs down style. Yeah, they're like, "Hit him in the face." Uh, you sort of bring up that post Julie vote. Ankles. Jake spills the bean to everybody about Katora's flip, about how she, the plan was. It was Katora's plan to vote out D. She instead voted out Julie. He doesn't know why. He's a very upset by it. Jake's pissed. Katora thought it was self-preservation as we sort of went into, uh, but her argument basically was kind of flawed. It doesn't. Well, because really she knows sense. she did exactly what she didn't want anyone. She didn't want to happen, and she's now has to sit in it. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it. Because we get to the immunity challenge next up. The immunity challenge is that you have to... Um, what did I write here? Uh, oh, move bowls. Bowls. I'm missing the L. Move bowls across a perch. Uh, sort of like this wired perch. Uh, and stack said bowls. Uh, we've sort of seen variations of this uh, game before. Uh, if you kick the perch, if you kick or nudge or whatever the perch, it's connected to the platform that the bulls are sitting on. So if you kick it or knock it over, uh, the bulls will be knocked over, uh, and you have to start all over again. Stack 17 bowls, and then you win immunity and uh, go straight into the final three, presumably. Oh... I think my first comment when this started was, oh, Jake's not going to do well at this. <laughs> he's not the most graceful. No, he's not. But then... That was a, a fact. That but, was a fact. But then he did pretty well for a while. And I was like, wow, he's doing much better than I thought he would because he's not the most graceful, agile person. 
And then Yeah, Austin stumbles <laughs> twice. Gator stumbles. <laughs> Jake and D are doing really well, but ultimately Jake drops it at like thirteen or something bowls. My favorite quote was big wobble, but no damage. <laughs> I was like, that's what she said. <laughs> uh I think that was like D. I think that was about D. Uh yeah, Jake drops it at like thirteen or fourteen bowls. Uh he tries to be quick about it. Um you know, the first time he's like kind of moving through it and grabbing some bowls and he's trying to be dainty. The second time through, he doesn't care. He's just stepping on the wire and the perch the entire time, just being like, who cares? It'll support. It's fine. Jeff is in the corner being like, Jake, don't do it. <laughs> Jeff is like, Jake, stop. If you break it, you're out. If you uh, break it, you buy it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, don't do it. Because Jeff knows that he's about to break the thing. Uh, and then ultimately, Jake breaks that corner piece off of the perch the perch is now unusable and jeff says jake you're out you broke the thing you're out you're disqualified jake's pissed uh he says something about you know sorry i was moved quick or something i thought it would hold me and jeff makes a comment of like no man that's on you (laughs) that's on you jeff kind of gets mad at jeff gets a little mad at jake in this moment of just like nah man you screwed up (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't the game. It was you. And he knows. He knows. He did. He was oh, yeah. just mad Jake, at the moment. Jake, very upset, very mad at the end of this. He made me eat my words because I was like, wow, he's doing much better than I thought. Yeah. And then he drops it and then just completely accuses himself of breaking the challenge. Uh, ultimately, this leads to a D victory. She has, as you put it, as Jeff put it, actually, the uh, major, what is it, major stumblage, uh, but no damage. Big Wobble, No Damage. Big Wobble, No Damage. Is that the name of the episode? Big Wobble, yes. Uh, big Wobble, No Damage. She's in the power position now. Uh, she's in the official power position. Um, not many power positions this episode. Um, uh, enough with upsetting. There's so many people that had potential power positions, but no one really fully took advantage of that position. Uh, so yeah, D wins. Jake is very upset. D now has the power of going into the final three e- very easily. She can take someone with her with her uh meaning the two people will have to make fire so she basically chooses who's making fire uh uh her sort of strategy as she says is that she'll talk to everybody but before she talks to everybody her basic idea is that i wanted to take austin into the final three uh, and i think jake can beat katora at fire making that's sort of the idea um there's this moment between jake and d where Jake just sort of, bre- and also in his interviews, Jake completely breaks down, uh, sobbing, crying, like almost like j- just uncontrollable uh, Jake here. Very. T- Got me a lot of points. <laughs> when Jesse sees, in real life, when Jesse sees someone's crying, she's like, ooh, a lot of points. Um, <laughs> Jake breaks down. He kind of admits that everything he's done in the game is a failure. Uh, he's hard, being very hard on himself. Listen, it's it's kind of true. He's breaking my heart here. Yeah, this is a very emotional moment in Jake. He he's saying he's sort of admitting that he's like kind of sucked to this game, <laughs> which is kind of true. He he every he admits that every plan he's had was kind of a failure and didn't go his way, which is accurate yeah. to, and he's to been, what happened. He's gonna win the I tried so hard but got not far. Money. The Lincoln Park Award. I, he tried so hard but got so far but got not far uh <laughs> and he tells d uh you know after all this that hey guess what i want to go into the fire please put me in the fire um i need to win this i need and d says yeah he wants to go out with pride he wants to go out with some sort of win underneath his belt so jake uh volunteers to go under the fire because 
after all the failures he has, he wants a win. He needs a win. Um, and that's sort of what I we're getting here. It. I needs it. My precious. Uh, Dean Katora talk. D basically tells her, yeah, I'm probably going to put you in the fire. And Katora's like, but why? And D's like, I'm kind of scared of why? sitting next to you. Santa Claus, why? Um, D basically tells her that you should take that as a compliment. <laughs> and I was like, no, I mean, yeah, you're a threat. I don't want to face you. It is but a- she's wishing she trusted Jake now. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, there's a moment. I thought I thought about that same idea of like in this moment, D's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna put you in fire. You're a big threat. You're a compliment, and you should take it as a compliment." And I'm very scared of you, and I don't want to sit next to you. And Katora, I think, is also thinking to herself in this moment, "I should have voted you." Yeah, and <laughs> I'm I, going to fire now. How ironic that the person that she should have trusted to carry out her plan is the person that she now has to face mm-hmm. to get into the final three. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you done. You done. Fucked up, kid. Yeah. The problem is also in hindsight, knowing how good Austin is, and knowing what happens if Jake here, and if Austin trains Jake, then Jake can win. Could it, what? Is there any situation where Katora have could have won fire making against anybody else? I don't really know. It would have been maybe against D, maybe against Julie, but she was so bad that I don't think Julie and D were that bad. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think Katora. I don't think we ever saw Julie making fire. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know how they are, but I based on how Katora's performance was and how bad she was at it, I think it's sort of like, you know, there's really no way. It's really it really comes down to like if she goes in the fire, she loses. That's how bad she is. We forgot to talk about Mama J and Katora's moment when she gave her a hug. Oh and said, yeah, go I, to I, law school. Yes, yes. At tribal council, when Julie goes home. <laughs> Uh, Julie goes up to Katora and like, can I say something real quick? And she says, you should go to law school. So and then there's a moment that, that with, uh, we need to talk about later that I cried. There's also, she also turns to in that same moment, turns to D and tells D to win the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so very mama J great mama J. Uh, it's telling Katora to go to law school, yeah. not unbeknownst to her, which is also funny because no one knows that she's a lawyer. So this is a lawyer that no one knows about telling another lawyer that no one knows about. You should go to law school. You're yeah. great at this. That must've been really affirming for her to hear, which is uh, Katora mentioned. So, so we'll, we'll talk about, it, I guess, uh, we'll talk about it here. So, Katora ultimately loses at the fire making. Um, skip ahead completely. Uh, well, okay, maybe we don't skip it. Ha- yeah, there's a little bit. Okay, so that's my bad. But we'll uh, pin. Pin. We'll pin a pin that. We'll pin that. Um, um, so D uh, says that she's going to put Katora. Katora is upset for predicting it might have gone this way and flipping her vote. Uh, and says, and in a very interesting way is that she's used. She says that uh, she has to win and she needs to fuel herself to win. And she mentions that like if, but if she wins, that will set D so much. Ooh, that's so good. Stuff like that. And I just turned to you and I said. It's very interesting that Katora's game, this entire thing, like what fuels a lot of Katora is like, I don't want to say hatred, Com- but competitive, competitive d- disdain or whatever against someone else. Like what it will, what the reaction will be for the other person. What the negative reaction will be of another person. Yeah. Oh, it will upset D if I win and that will fuel me to get the fire. Oh, I don't like Bruce. I want to get Bruce at the entire yeah. time. And that's my whole thing. 
like her her whole thing what fuels Katora a lot emotionally in a weird way is like you know a, being against someone yeah. which also knowing her backstory as we sort of dived into this season is fascinating is that like you know her what fuels kind of her is being against someone knowing that she sort of uh had grown up in this in this cult uh, almost got married away at like a what fourteen or something, super young age. Worked her entire childhood, uh, and then it, you know, you know, sort of had to prove everyone wrong. It'll be become a lawyer and and do all this stuff, and then turns her mother away or for whatever reason uh, in the past year or so, and then coming here, like everything about Katora just like fascinates me. Is like that what drives her is like being against something or someone uh, is so fascinating to me. Um, Austin, do you have a conversation? Oh, sorry, you you had another point about Katora. No. Okay. Uh, uh, Austin, do you have a conversation? Uh, Austin says that Jake sucks at making fire, and uh, that he should be put in. I don't know that he sucks. He's not great. I. But here's the thing. I think the more Jake needs to do something, the more flustered he gets, and the more he fucks it up. He he's too focused. He gets too focused on something. Uh, and he and he's really bad at it. Uh, because he's so focused on like... Well, he's so focused on the stakes and not on what he's doing. Jake, maybe that's the Jake story as well. Not only that he misses every Mises, every Mises, he misses every piece of the puzzle. The bigger thing is Jake is very easy, easily susceptible to pressure. Yes, like when he heckles Jeff and then gets out of the challenge. <laughs> Anytime he's under pressure, uh, he falters, seemingly. Uh, and that's bad. <laughs> that's bad in this game, Jake. Um, Jack O'Kane. Um, huh? Huh? So Austin uh, tries to convince D to put him in instead of uh, Jake. Austin sort of recognizes that this would be a good thing for him and his game, and maybe un- and understands that maybe that's why D wouldn't put me in. Um, Which is a hundred percent why she didn't put him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin does help Jake make a fire and uh, then we get basically to the tribal council uh, the tribal council uh, Jeff really hypes up D's third win here uh, Katora tells her quote unquote hidden moves story and about how that's sort of her game is her hidden moves which gets a visceral reaction from Emily Emily and Julie also has like a weird reaction as well the jury doesn't really like it so already like Katora you can see what she's doing here is that she's setting up her story for the jury if she's able to make it through that her story is that she's trying to set up a Gabler-esque story of hidden moves Uh, but already you can see the jury unlike Gabler the jury does not buy it here at least with Emily and potentially Julie Do you think it would have worked, her Hidden Moves, Gabler-esque gameplay of, oh, I was always on the right side of the numbers? That was a Gabler move. I think she would have to have some concrete examples. I think this jury is more... Emily's in there. (laughs) She's going to destroy your argument if that's the case. I think, yeah, I think mostly Emily uh, is going to pick apart your argument and want concrete examples. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think Emily would have destroyed her. Um, so, but does she have any concrete examples? Well, we don't know because they didn't Fair. show us any. Fair. Which, I, which, in that case, I would assume is no. Because <laughs> if she well, made it and made that argument, that we would have had the same Well, ultimately, she didn't make it to the final three. Yeah. So, like, had she, maybe they would have included in the edit a little bit more. If she had some. If she had some. If concrete. she had some. Yeah. But, like, 
I'm not going to say like she didn't have any because we just didn't see it and we didn't really get a chance for her to explain it yeah. to know and ultimately because it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, D ultimately brings Austin into the fire uh, into the final three with her. And Austin says, D will be going at each other for sure. <laughs> We're all like, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah we know. <laughs> we know. Uh, straight to the final three with you. Um, <laughs> we get to the fire making. As we sort of talked about, Katora's really bad at it. Just like insanely bad. She snuffs out her fire, smothers it three times. Uh, Jake lights it. Uh, Jake does a good job. He lights it. Jake ultimately wins. He's into the final three. Uh, and Katora I'm so happy loses. for him. Yeah, good. This is what I liked about this uh, moment is because w- we were watching a couple of those sort of like best moments of every season of Survivor, and I did think to myself of like what was great about this moment for Jake was sort of to me that in a weird way, sort of like that season where the two guys were on that pole for 12 hours. I think it was like season two or three or something like that. Um, they were on that pole for 12 hours and the, the, the one guy drops it. Cause he sort of has this realization, a, a sort of season long realization of like, I don't want to be the villain. The million dollars isn't worth it. If it means I have to be a bad guy or something like that. And I have to not be loyal. I have to backstep my friends. And it, it sort of becomes like the million, you know, it, it, the, the things that Survivor can do great is that like at the end of the day, sometimes being a human is better than winning a million dollars. And to that extent, there's a sort of, this is sort of that moment for Jake where it's like, I don't think in this moment at all, Jake is thinking about winning a million dollars. I don't think Jake at all move in the fire, prepping for the fire making. He is thinking about winning a million dollars. I think he even says as much in one of his interviews, potentially. Yeah, I think he knows going against Austin and D, he's not going to win. Yeah. I think he's he just wants to win something. He he says, I just want to win something. Uh, and going into also knowing what his tribal council, uh, his jury conversations are about like persevering through failures. He's like, I failed so much in this game, but I was able to stand back up with a smile on my face. Quite literally, sometimes stand back up. Uh, with a smile on his face and and persevere through something um, uh, and ultimately getting the final win a, a finally a win a finale finale win for Jake uh, it came down to it wasn't about winning a million dollars it was about perseverance and finally You're finally so getting that win so good for I Jake. I just wanted Jake to win something this whole damn time. Jake also. I mean, maybe we should like we should add him. Hey, you did win me my fa- my uh, um, Survivor fantasy card. So. Spoilers! Spoilers! Well, I mean, just like throughout, like him crying on camera, him cursing on camera, uh, has gotten me a lot of points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. That's I don't true. know. He's he's accumulated quite a bit of points for me. So that is true. Uh, there's also a mo- nice little moment here where Jake tells Katora that she will be an amazing lawyer one day. Uh, that she should try to attempt to be a lawyer. Uh, so that is a nice, lovely uh, second spot where I, seemingly I don't know if Ju- he knows that Julie says something. I don't think he did. Uh, so that's fascinating. Um, is that where she says I am? Yes, we then, uh, after this, and then Katora's ending speech, uh, Katora says, reveals that 
Uh, well, first is that Jake reveals that winning fire was the best moment in his life. Again, that bre- that breathes into what I was saying about it's not about the million dollars; it's about perseverance and mm. and and and, str- and moving forward through failure. And him being like, "This is the best moment of my life." Kadora finally reveals she's a lawyer. Big pop from the crowd. Uh, Jake is like really like, "I knew it! <laughs> I knew she was a lawyer." <laughs> what? No, it's a later moment. <laughs> Perfect. Just so adorable. Uh, we get final three breakfast. Everyone's celebrating. And then we get sort of starting into the jury conversations with everybody. Um, in these sort of various interviews, Caleb says he's thinking about voting for Jake. He says that Jake had the hardest path to get to this point. He ain't wrong. Uh, he had to get through so much to get here. Uh, Kelly says D had did a great job. Uh, she had great social relationships the entire game. Kendra is thinking Austin because he's such a physical threat. He had strong alliances and he was never voted on, which she said that. And I said to you, I was like, wait, has he never been voted on? And yes, in fact, Austin never received a single vote. He played, uh, and many people in Survivor, what they call a perfect game. Which I guess I thought that he really he got an, a vote. Yeah, I thought he did too. But, I was like, sure, surely he has. I mean, he was definitely gonna get a vote from, um, Julie, but she like D made him made her switch to Emily. Yeah, he he was close several times to getting votes, but ultimately not a single vote. He had a perfect game. Uh, that's a lot. And remember like that whole thing of like Jesse and Carla where Jesse was about to have a perfect game and then out of spite, Carla was like, uh-uh, I'm ruining it <laughs> and it votes Jesse for no reason. Ah, uh, survivor. Uh, Bruce, in one of his two lines, three lines this episode, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he sort of says that he's an open vote. He wants someone to own who they are. Uh, basically, he's like, acknowledge your your pros, your cons, and basically own who you are. Emily, Jake says, she says that Jake was treated like a pawn in a number the entire time, but he made it through. Uh, says that he's sort of a dark horse winner here. Uh, sort of not really saying I'm going to vote for Jake, but more of like if Jake can win it out, it's plausible. Uh, he has an argument. It's just a matter of is his argument. Can his argument be better than D and Austin's? Drew, Austin, he's thinking about Austin. Uh, he says he never got a vote. He was unscathed the entire game. Uh, Julie is thinking D. She insulated herself well and was rock solid. Risked her game to save Julie, which is fair and true. Um, Katora says that she's kind of an open vote and says that she wants to see the strongest gameplay overall in all categories. But more specifically, she doesn't want to talk about passive gameplay. She wants to make sure that what you did was active. Um, Which to me, that read is like, I don't want a gabler. Which I think what is what Katora's argument would have been. Right. Uh, I don't want a gambler. I don't want passive gameplay. I want who had the best active gameplay. Who was actively playing out there. We get to the Tribal Council. Uh, tribal Council, I have various questions, various answers from people. So if you have any thoughts, of course, Beanie, interrupt me. Um, but we have been going for an hour and 15 minutes, so I will be kind of slightly moving. Uh, Kendra sort of an open minds and wants to know how did you play this game ultimately but it's less i guess it was less how did you play this game or is what got you into playing this game or any of this stuff because no one really answers how they played this game more of just like why um jake says 
uh, ultimately, Jake says that uh, talked about like kind of walk, talking of his father and about uh, you got to go out there and, and make you know make sure you try to take in as much as the game as possible. He does acknowledge that he had lots of moments of sadness. He's like, I cry on the beach way too much, uh, but ultimately, I'm a survivor and I'm on Survivor. Uh, D says, uh, you know, again, she acknowledged her family, uh, her parents, and she said that. Every day, she made sure to have fun and took everything day by day. Obviously, you have, like, I want to win a million dollars, but she's like, I took everything day by day. Uh, Austin says, I don't think we knew this beforehand, but Austin says that he was an alternate, uh, and he did everything he could uh, in the game because he's like, I was an alternate. I wasn't supposed to be here, and I am, and so I made sure to do everything. Which uh, I remember being like, oh, Austin was a was the alternate can you imagine if he like didn't make it in the game and your response was his teeth are so big (laughs) yeah in a moment i was like man his teeth are ginormous (laughs) i was like can you imagine if austin wasn't in this game yeah uh but yeah imagine if austin wasn't in this game it's the same thing of like imagine bruce being in season 44 yeah of like this sort of like sliding doors sort of situation of like what the game how radically the game would have changed it would have been the reba four you know it would have been whoever this other person was yeah who knows what the other person was um it's just very fascinating to think about yeah. uh katora a moment that terrified you is basically her question which <laughs> this is my favorite moment of all tribal it was like a small little thing he goes thank you counselor and she responded and it was like yeah jake jake responds to katora saying thank you counselor and she's and like she- Oh, I forget what she said. She's like, you're welcome. And, <laughs> it was very sweetly. But like, it was just the interaction and the way she reacted was just like so sweet. It yeah. was like such a cute little inside it was moment. Wholesome. It was very it was wholesome. so wholesome. And again, and it was, it felt very genuine. It was so cute. Yeah. that I just, that made me cry. Oh, going back to it, there was a, there he was, was like, it was like big brother energy. It was, it was big brother energy. And that's Jake. Ultimately. Yeah. Like thank you, counselor. There was You're also welcome. there was also a moment. Ah! I, I want to circle back with Katora revealing that she was a lawyer. She says that like she she said that like Julie told her like oh you should be a lawyer and like I wanted to play this as just my just Katora not lawyer Katora because that obviously has its own baggage. Um, and she says that like Katora five years ago would have loved hearing from Julie you you should be a lawyer one day and all this stuff and she would have loved it. And like in that moment, she doesn't know that Julie's a lawyer. Yeah. She she doesn't know that like she she's like saying like basically like like from a mother figure, a maternal again, playing Katora's insane backstory. Oh, sort of a maternal figure being like, You can be a you should be a lawyer one day and she said, I would have loved hearing that which maybe that maybe that played into whatever her relationship with her mother is. Um this sort of idea of like Oh yeah, a mother is saying this. Not meanwhile, not knowing at all. Oh yeah, she's uh, Julie, also a lawyer. She's not saying like, oh, as a mother, you should be a lawyer. She's saying, no, no, as a fellow lawyer, you're great at this. <laughs> I want you on my side. Um, so yeah, moment that terrified you from Couture. Austin D basically say the same thing. He said the blindsiding was terrifying for them. Um, uh, Austin says that she hate he hated voted for Julie at the end. Uh, uh, and voting her out. Uh, D blindsided the betrayal of Austin and Julie and all this stuff. She was very afraid to betray them because she wanted to be very loyal. She talks about how she didn't want to blindside her loyal people. Um, 
and so much so that she never voted them out or never even wrote their name down once. Jake, as we sort of talked about, failing was his biggest fear, uh, but he knew he would always make it through and stand back up with that smile on yeah. his face. I think that maybe it has to do with like Jake knowing he's not winning million dollars. Yeah. But Austin and Dee both gave like perfect answers you know when when they're like what's your biggest weakness and you're like perfectionism <laughs> right like i'm a perfectionist so i just can't help it okay i do everything perfectly that's that that's what that felt like and jake yeah. was like no i'm afraid of failure yeah. i fail all the time but i pushed through and i got back up and like that felt more genuine yeah and i get it like you're you're definitely playing your angle every time you answer a question and i think the fact that jake knew he wasn't winning a million dollars his answers were more just genuine like yeah. i'm i'm afraid of failing yeah and i think that's more of what katora was looking for yeah like what is something that scared you just in this game in like like coming in this experience because i feel like their answers were like oh this moment was a little scary versus something about this inherently in this experience is terrifying and I have to push through that every day was more of Jake's answer of like I'm afraid of failing and in Survivor you fail every day yeah versus theirs was like well this one specific time yeah we did this thing that scared me which is valid which is but I think it's not what she was looking for and I just I appreciated Jake's answer more than than theirs Dean Austin are more so like talking about like what was scary about gameplay whereas Jake is sort of like, this is what's scary about like the human experience that Survivor brings out in people. Yeah. This is something that is inherent to the game that I, that it terrifies I, me in normal life. Yeah. I brought into this and it became like almost true. And like, I had to persevere through it. And I think that honestly, like, like, yeah, there's more like a more diplomatic answer. And I think had Jake been in the running for fully in the running for a million dollars to me, like on the jury, I would think that's a more effective answer Sure. of like, this thing scares me on a daily basis. Yeah. And it's something that I experienced every day here in survivor, but I pushed through it. Yeah. Like sometimes like, you know, being social is terrifying for people or being afraid of like what people really think of you. Like that, the idea that you have a fear that gets explored just by being on survivor yeah. and then having to push through it, I think is way more effective of an answer yeah. than like I was terrified of. And maybe that, maybe it's like they could have dug deeper and been like, I'm afraid of people thinking like I'm afraid of being dishonest and like, like Julie, like that might have been her answer is yeah. I am terrified of being perceived dishonest as people. dishonest or like, you know, hurting people. And I had to constantly do it. Yeah. That I think Julie, like if Julie had been on tribal and that was her answer, I think that would have been a way better answer mm-hmm. than I was afraid of blindsiding this because that's deeper. I don't know. It, it also like shows that she's able to recognize a deeper level of like what is happening what the game means yeah more of like the actual game not itself. that austin and d couldn't i just think they chose they're, they're talking about the text not the meaning behind the text. they they chose a very like base level answer which, which is understand fine. why yeah which is fine i just i want them to go deep of course well speaking about going deep we get to the next question with drew where he sort of t- brings up reba four he sort of says that a lot of this season, he could sort of pats himself on the back here. A lot of the season sort of talk, dominated about by Reba 4. 
Uh, but he wants to, obviously, this is the moment where we have to start separating the jury, uh, separating the stories between Austin and D. Obviously, they're part of the Reba Four, so he asks them, what do they bring into that alliance? Which is where we get Austin and D's first fight. D- Rare. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sorry that I did that. I'm sorry, everyone. I, I do have bad news. <laughs> I think it was needed. Jesse, I don't want to be bad news bear. Rare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to be bad news bear. Rare. Rare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on. Again, don't want to be bad news bear. Rare. Rare. <laughs> <I> <laughs> All right, I, I don't want to be bad news bear, but the bad news bear bit is over. Right. <laughs> you gotta stop doing. It. You just can't say it. Yeah, you can't say uh, bad news yeah, bear. I'm sorry. Okay. Rare. Right, I don't want to be bad news bear. Rare. Rare. <laughs> hold on, honey. Can you look at that real quick? Can you look at that? Can you look at it? No, look back at me. Bad news bear. Rare. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this bad news bit, bit is over, so I'm sorry, bad news bear bit is over. Rare. <laughs> Rare. <laughs> I am doing the hands every time. Yes, he's doing the little claws every time, just a lot. This is a bit I'm stealing from a comedian. But it's so funny. It's so very funny. Uh, All right, I don't want to be a bad news bear. Rare. <laughs> Drew, uh, you talked about what you brought into the re before. We gotta move on. We gotta move on. I don't want to be Bad News Bear, right? but I, we gotta move Stop on. Stop doing it! Right. Stop! <laughs> Stop <clears throat> doing it! I'm crying! Yes, you are. Uh, let me just hit this. Uh, D says uh, there were lo- she had lots of luck because they all voted similar. Like they all sort of shared knowledge and they voted similar. Uh, Austin acknowledges that they also shared a lot of knowledge, but whereas D was constantly seen as a threat inside the Reba Four, uh, he protected the alliance a lot more than she did. You could see her squirming in her seat, like, uh, oh, and she's like, uh, oh, ex- no, sir, Mm-mm. sir, sir, uh, sir, um, no, sir. D said, <laughs> D says that she wasn't actually scared of ever getting voted out uh, and says that she relied on the strong social game of Reba 4 and being like, yeah, people were gunning for me, but I was, I knew I was safe. Uh, Austin says that uh, what he kind of more acknowledges the question of what uh, Drew is asking about, you know, the tribe swap uh, is a moment where he helps strengthen the Reba 4 alliance. He says in that tribe swap, he and Drew got moved to another group uh, with nobody else except for two Bello and one nobody Lulu people. Knows. They help. He helped bring in Emily into their alliance into, as an additional number in the post-merge era. He also was able to get Kelly and Kendra out uh, in the post-merge based off of what he built uh, here. They uh, should have. And this all came back to... Mm-hmm. Should have given the boy a damn sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think this is the moment where he's like, "Yeah, I, uh, you should have given me a sandwich." Oh no, this is when Kelly asked about the amulets and I yeah. also think. Should uh, I think Jeff at the end there should have brought out a sandwich just for us. They brought out pizza, but they should have brought out one specific sandwich. For just, Austin. just for Austin. Uh, D says that she brought, you know, like Austin, brought in Katora as an additional number, uh, and that she got actually, sh- uh, uh, uh-uh, I got Kendra out, not you, Austin. Uh, and then Austin then brings up that he never got voted on, so uh, eat eat your farts. Um, 
so yeah, this is sort of we get that fight back and forth of like what you brought into the tra- the game. Emily says that heart alone doesn't get you a win. Um, well, and, no, she said heart doesn't get you a win. Sabaya said heart alone doesn't get you a win. Yes, and I don't know. Emily sort of is like I kind of got corrected on that one, I guess. Uh, she asked D, "What decision specifically uh, did you make with your brain?" Um, because again, heart alone doesn't get you a win. So what do you do specifically with your brain? And D says that for her, her brain and her heart are not separate. Uh, so, you know, her strategy basically came from her relationships. She has really good relationships with the Reba four people. Her strategy was then built on top of that. So, you know, being emotional, she was in in a way an emotional player in terms of having strong relationships with people. Um, but she used those strong relationships to build off a strategy. Well, she yeah, she knew her strategy would come with that of like come from her relationship stuff. Yeah, like, and I I, I see that of like yeah, I think she, I think there are people that I'm like there are people that rely too much on their alliance to inform their game and to make decisions. And like, I think D is someone who definitely had strong alliances and was able to trust people. But as we saw, like she was still able to make strategic decisions for her game and even get her alliance to go along with it, even despite it not being best for their game. Yeah. Like Julie, who like time and time again wanted certain people and would always be convinced to do who D wanted. Yeah. Um, I think had Julie been in that exact position with that question, it would have been hard because there were moments where she let her alliance make the decisions for her. Yeah. Uh, Caleb asked Jake, how did you make it this far? Jake says that he focused on his relationships. Uh, Drew asked, you know, try to hype him up a little bit and says, but you tried to constantly make big moves. You're selling yourself short here, Jake. And Jake says, uh, yeah, he always constantly was trying to make big moves. And he says that I didn't really think D or Austin made any big moves as they sort of played the game safe. D sort of disagreed with that. And uh, I, I think her, I would say that I, for Austin, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. D's biggest move is not telling Austin. I think about uh the vote on drew i think that might be her biggest move well it's not just not telling austin but then having julie play her idol yeah and voting for emily i think austin kind of got to ride the reba alliance more more yeah where like yes he was making decisions and stuff mostly drew and d honestly it was mostly d and drew but like I don't think he ever made a big move or took the reins to an extent where it was like, this is Austin's decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, except for when he played his idol, but didn't he play his idol? Who did he play his idol on? Austin. He played it on himself, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Which is the next question. Kelly brings up the execution of amulets and idols. Uh, Austin talks about the whole amulet and idol situation of giving it to Julie, tried to flush it, and said that he never really had to use his amulet 
uh, because you know he wasn't on the chopping block. Emily interrupts and pushes back and says, "But you could have used it to save your number one, and you would have saved Drew." Um, that would have been his big move, I think. Yeah, in theory. Uh, D says that I didn't tell Austin uh, about voting uh, for Drew. Sure, takes it. Says knowing the advantages, and she, this is a great point. Knowing because of all the shared knowledge of Reba, she's like knowing what the advantages were and who had what allowed me to then sort of play the game and work around that um, and kind of use those advantages in a good way. Uh, Jake says that he wanted the people to think he was playing the idol on him and then have it play in Katora. We sort of dive into that Katora-Jake conversation. Uh, Julie Julie asks about the showmance between D and Austin and how it influenced the gameplay. D says that he's an attractive young man. And I, of course, going to look at him. And, of course, I liked him. Austin says, day 20 is really when it became real. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much that. Uh, Emily says, uh, asked, like, was the showman's a, a weakness, however? She pushes back. Again, Emily, fantastic jury member. Emily basically asks, was the showman's a weakness? Because ultimately you told D about the vote on Julie, uh, uh, and somehow, you know, I, she's ultimately, I think Emily and the jury know now at this point that D told Julie and they want Austin to see how, if he knows or not, because that was important for the jury to yeah. not figure that out. And she's like, well, you told D kind of dot, dot, dot. And then Julie played the idol. Austin's like, yeah, but it, it doesn't matter because D didn't tell him. And at which point D's like, actually raises which, her glasses. Yeah. I told Julie, which is a great reveal because, which, as we know later on, was a specific thing. She wanted Austin to bring it up for then her be yeah. like, uh-uh-uh. But honestly, it was a better time to bring it up. Like, Emily asked her earlier, like, oh, any, like, strategic move that you made with your brain? And we were, like, the one where you decided not to tell Austin. Yeah, she could have she, easily said earlier in the conversation. But I think that's less impactful for that question than this moment where you are literally talking about the dynamic between D and Austin and how like Austin is compromised. Cause he told D and you know, D didn't tell him about drew, which is like, you know, yeah, that's one level. But then the second level, like that's one instance of D didn't tell Austin something. Yeah. Then the second instance of like, Oh, psych. And also I did tell Julian, I lied to you. I lied straight to your face. And, mm-hmm didn't tell him until just now like telling him in front of the jury but like not telling him to bring it up and brag about her own game like she said in a later interview but correcting him because i think it's always more impactful when you correct someone in front of the jury yes you're like oh no you're wrong this is really what happened which d in a later interview that i listened to this morning says that was 100 percent my decision i wanted to correct him i wanted to correct austin i didn't want to brag i wanted to correct austin well yeah and i'm saying like even the way that she did it was better than just saying it but also the timing i think was way better yes like that was a better moment to reveal it than earlier she also mentioned in that interview we listened to this morning where she said that she didn't want she wanted to didn't want to say at the top because it would have gone an hour later and everyone would have forgotten and she wanted to make it near the end where it was more pivotal. But it's also that during that whole mind. tribal, they have built up like the score of, I feel like it's not just like freshest in their brain. They've had the back and forth volleys. Yeah. They've been playing tennis between Austin and D for the past however long. Yeah. And this is the slam dunk 
Yeah. That, that's not tennis terms. This is the 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 ace, <laughs> the ace that uh that puts the nail in the coffin for Austin. Like it's a it's more of a it's more pointed. Yeah. Having built up the whole narrative throughout the tribal of Austin versus D, one upping each other, one upping each other, one upping each other, one upping each other. They finally reach like uh they uh, like a point where it feels like they've kind of just they're they're there. They can't really do much else. And then D's like, and by the way, yes, I didn't just not tell you this. I lied to your face. Yes, I lied to everybody's face. Yeah. And we played this whole thing. It was the big reveal. It yeah. was her small little big reveal that really, that was the moment that won her the game. Yeah, I think it showed that she did, she did play the game and was not as compromised as Austin was with their relationship. Yeah, because it came down to how much did the showman's involve and, and it, it really separated the gameplay because it, it made it clear that, like, oh, Austin might have been persuaded by the showman's where D was not. Well, like, as as smitten as she was, she was still able to, like, keep her head about her and play the game. Yeah. Whereas Austin, not so much. Speaking about winning the game, uh, we get the votes in. Everyone does does their votes, of course. It's a hilarious moment where Kayla walks up and yells to the back Jay, uh, going back to the moment when <laughs> he votes Jay out. Um, uh, D... Walks away with five points. Austin, three. Jake, zero. That means D is your winner of season 45 with the help of Julie, Emily, Kelly, Katora, and Caleb all voting for D uh, and Austin getting votes from Drew, Bruce, and Kendra. And Which Jake there was a moment there where we thought it was going to be a tie. And yes. Jake's sitting there peeing his pants like he's got to make – he's like, I got to be the tiebreaker. Who yeah. am I going to vote for? There's a, there's a moment where it actively looks like it's going to be a tie and Jake actively says to Jeff after the fact of – I thought I had to make the decision, and I had to start thinking to myself, who the hell am I voting for? Do you think he would have voted for D? I think he probably would have voted for D. She put him in fire. Yeah. She gave him that moment. Yeah. And also, I feel like she was more able to showcase how, you know, yeah. she ran things. Exactly. Austin thought he ran things, and he did, kind of, but like withdrew. Yeah. So D wins. Are you happy about a D victory? I'm okay with the D victory. Mm-hmm. Was it what I wanted going into this season and also three episodes ago? No. Sure. Not necessarily. Uh, I think there were people that I was hoping would win. Yeah. I think she's a solid winner. I'm not like like Marianne I was happy about. Gabler was like, all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, all right. Um, Jam Jam. This is, I kind of feel like where of D, I kind of feel like where I was with like Jam Jam where I was like, Yeah. I can get on. I can get on board with D. Yeah. I'm not over the moon. There are people that maybe had cooler character arcs that would have been like more fulfilling if it was the case. If Jake won, that would have been super fulfilling. Yeah. But Jake if also Emily won, sucked the entire time. If Emily was able to get here and win, that would have been nice. Yeah. Like there are things I think would have been more over overall season set gratifying. But D getting the win was still very solid and still very yeah. good. Yeah. I think if Austin had won, no offense, to Austin would have been a little frustrated. I would have been okay with Austin. I, I'm more on board of D than I am with Austin, I guess. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I would have. In the three there, I would have loved a Jake win. I knew that he wasn't going his to game, win. His game was so... I know. Had he not fumbled the so challenge, <laughs> yeah. and had he not fumbled that whole immunity idol thing, I think he would have had a better case Yeah, going into it. Um. I think he would have had more of a leg to stand on with Austin and D. Yeah. 
But what's interesting is that the fire didn't really help his case in any way. It was just allowed him to get the third. Well, I yes, but like had he had those other things, I think he would have had more of a case with the fire. Sure, I sure. think the fire would have helped him more. Yeah, if he was on a little bit of a winning streak at the end there. Yeah, because that would have been like, you know, it's the last leg of the race, and he picks it up into a full sprint and overtakes at least the second place. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I think, think he would have gotten at least a vote. He would have gone from last place to maybe he would have overtaken fourth. He maybe could have overtaken second. Like yeah. I think that would have been a. Enough of a momentum, at least for him to feel like he deserved it enough that he could argue for himself. Yeah, I think going into it, there was probably some sort of mental like satisfaction of, you know what, they deserve this. I'm just happy with third. Yeah. And I think that definitely showed in like the fact that he definitely like he, he gave his arguments. I don't think he went in fighting for himself. Yeah. And I think if he had the momentum of, he won the immunity challenge, or at least he got close to mm-hmm. Austin and didn't drop the key, didn't lose the puzzle piece. Like he was damn close. And I think had Tribal gone a little bit better and Katora not flipped on him and D gone, like D was gone, I think he would have had some momentum to like be mentally in it. Yeah. And to fight for himself. Whether or not he won, I don't know. I maybe second. Yeah. If that. But would, I, I think, think he would have at least got, like I said, at least got an A vote, maybe. And I think going into fire, he would have felt more fired up. Yeah. Afterward. Uh, I think he just, once fire happened and because of all that happened before that, I think he was like, you know what? He's happy with this. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he got what he wanted. Which is fair. And I think, like, circumstantially, like, I think that was, like, we, I think he's not wrong. Yeah, goes I just back, think goes back to what earlier what I said about Jake is that like at, at the end there it wasn't about the million dollars. No. His story ended when he won fire. Yeah, and I think if he had won or had done things had gone better for him in the couple events prior to that, he might have had enough momentum to fight for himself for second. Yeah, if it wasn't D and Austin sitting next to him. Yeah, if he had gotten D out with Katora and he had beaten Katora at fire, and then it was like him, Julian, Austin. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the post-op conversations uh, at the gathering, not really a lot. It's just sort of like different news items or whatever that I wrote down. Uh, like we said, Jake Foley thought that he was going to have to be the tiebreaker vote. Uh, Austin uh, said that girls are better at playing guys uh, than guys are playing girls uh, because uh, he was not on the, he was unable to lie to D, but D was able to lie to him. And they say women are controlled by their emotions. Kendra, thank you, D, for breaking the cycle, for breaking the stigma. <laughs> Kendra goes fully astrological and basically says, "I called that they were going to be a thing before I even met D." What was that thing that Jeff said? In like the intro or whatever. Oh, when he's hyping up this post op conversation. Yeah. He's like, and can you believe it, Survivor? Keep you know, keep making love lovers. You know, keep having a romantic relationship. Another showman's on the se- on the season. Uh, is it the magic of the island or is it astrological? I don't know. We'll ask Kendra. Oh, that was so funny. Uh, I love Jeff. Uh, D says the tribe swap is for her really when it clicked of like, oh, I like this guy because the tribe swap happened. Austin left to, uh, Bello. Uh, and she was like, 
oh, I, I kind of miss that guy. Why do I? Why do? And, she, and then she's starting having the conversation of, wait, why do I miss this guy? Do I have feelings for this man? And then she's like, dork, why do you miss him? Yeah. Why are you sad? She does bring up the idea, which it was a fun, I love the camera edits when it's like, Dee brings up the idea of like, yeah, and I've been single for two years and it cuts to Austin's loss. It's like, hmm. <laughs> she said, I'm single, but I'm definitely ready. Yeah. And he's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Uh, Maybe should have asked that before we started the show, mates. Yeah. He probably just assumed. D, uh, I, I hope so. There was probably a conversation of, I bet your boyfriend is excited for your, you to come home. And he's and she's like, I, I have, a boyfriend. have a boyfriend. I've been and single like, for two years. So I'm ready to mingle. He's like, okay. I'm not cool. just ready to mingle. I'll file that away for later. <laughs> not just ready to mingle. Wink. Do you want to be my uh Amber to my Rob. <laughs> D Rob in this situation? I think so. I think so. <laughs> uh, D says that with the win, she plans to retire her parents. Um, uh, Kelly's, they talk about the Kelly's blind side. Uh, and so she says that she completely blacked out during it. She had no idea what she was That's saying. She was guys. so shocked. Um, Austin talks about how he was an alternate, and they talk about that. Uh, Julie finally reveals that she's a lawyer which shocks everybody as again, especially uh, Drew. <laughs> oh, sorry, not Drew. Uh, Jake. Jake's like, there's another one. Uh, Jake reveals that he's a prosecutor, not a public defender. And Jeff acknowledges that all three lawyers lied in this game. <laughs> and Jake's like, I lied the least. <laughs> which I will say that was the moment. Where I forgot that he what, he, what kind of lawyer he was. But it was this moment where <laughs> I turned to you and I said, you know, I think Jake is a very good shot of winning the Sia bonus money, the fan favorite Sia bonus money. Um, and then I thought to myself, the problem is, is that he is a prosecutor, and I don't necessarily like a prosecutor getting an extra <laughs> a bunch of money. You know, I don't really love lawyers getting a bunch of money. They're already getting high paying a bunch of people, no, but especially not all of them. Yeah, especially like Katora's probably and Katora as a civil rights civil attorney, attorney is probably not probably not making that much. But Jake being a prosecutor, I was just like, mm, I think he's a city prosecutor too. It's just like that fucking sucks. <laughs> I'll be honest, that stinks. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's Survivor season forty-five. Um, well, let's talk uh, some stuff. Fan favorite. Uh, if you were Sia, if you had a wig that covered your face, uh, or a paper bag, and you were on the chandelier, uh, would that was brilliant, amazing. Thank She's you. Definitely be upset that you. Uh, are stealing her thank you if you were the, if you had to pick a fan favorite for the season obviously we're not going to pick an mvp this season this fan favorite isn't bonus points or anything um we're not picking an mvp because uh mvp probably is a d she won uh so the mvp thing for bonus points here we'll get to the points in a moment but if you had to think of a fan favorite if you had to think about who was your favorite player on this season season 45 is survivor jess who would that person be? I mean, definitely Brandon. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Mine is that girl that had a that was that Hannah. Hannah that was like I didn't want to smoke. Stop smoking before I came out here. Um, or whatever drug that I thought I thought it was cigarettes, but maybe it was a drug or something she was on. Cigarettes. Um, I don't know. I think there's an argument for a lot of people for Jake. There's an argument for uh, Emily. 
Um, but who do you like the most? Looking at all their faces, and I'm like, who? <laughs> I forgot all of these people. I don't know. I really, I really wanted Sabaya to go further. Oh yeah, obviously. Um, she wasn't your team, so I think that's part of it. I, I mean, think, yeah, but I think that there was a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. I like Caleb a lot. Yeah, I mean, everyone loved Caleb. That's why he was gone. I love Caleb. I love Caleb a lot. I liked Drew for a while, but then he started becoming a villain, and I was like, eh, I don't know about this guy anymore. I did like Jake. I was in the Jake camp. He, I was I was not in the Jake camp for a while, and then at the end, it was like, once you saw more of Jake's personality, it was like, all right, post-merge, Jake really f- flourished. Yeah, and... I think he has a heart of gold. The Boston Labrador. He does. Uh, Emily also, again, turned around. We both hated her episode one. I dogged on Emily so hard episode one. I thought she was great television. Oh, that's well, I agree. <laughs> I, at the time, I said she's great television, but I hated her. And she really turned it around for herself, which I was very proud of. Can uh, we just acknowledge Julie's face in this cast photo? <laughs> yeah, no. there's so, so I, much I really of her like, body in that smile i know it's mama jay but i did really like julie i i did too she was subtle i like I, she would maybe like my number one favorite but it was like she like kind of had her. some minor villain moments oh yeah i mean she constantly like maybe more like antagonist than villain yeah she had sort of that like moment of like i don't want to be the bad guy and i keep being the bad guy <laughs> And I hate it. <laughs> I'm like, well, that you know, it's a shame that you're great at it, Julie. Um, I don't know. I really like Caleb a lot. I thought Caleb was great. I think I think Caleb is one of those people of like th- the problem of like being on Survivor is like if you're really overtly charismatic, you can get far, but you will not last long. You'll get a lot farther if you're the opposite. <laughs> like yeah. emily <laughs> or gabler and like slowly work into being likable yeah you have to have people you can't have people love you from the jump you have to like slowly <laughs> get people to love you well you also can't have people dislike you too much that's true because that's when they have zero information to go off of they're going to go off of who they dislike the most yeah based off of vibes or whatever yeah um i honestly think there's a good argument for emily and i think it's like the I know it's like the obvious choice, but like she really turned the ship around for herself. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you think uh, Katora? I, uh, if I was Sia, I can maybe see the argument of giving Katora the Sia money. I don't know if she was necessarily a fan favorite of mine, but I think Katora's story and everything that she went through in this season, if I was Sia, I'd be like, here's, and she's a civil rights attorney. Yeah, here's some money. Yeah. I think that. We didn't really see a lot from Katora, but the I think the way that people were talking... I think it's unfortunate that in the edit, most of what they focused on was her talking about Bruce. Which, it sucks because that was just all we... That, that was all the story that we got from her. It's just, yeah. I don't like Bruce. And I imagine that there was more to it because people were threatened by her. And like this always happens where it's like, because they didn't make the final three, we don't really see much of them. But honestly, like... She made it to the final four. I feel like we should have seen more well, of her game. Because, well, like, at that point, we weren't really thinking. Like, the the fire making against Jake wasn't – the stakes weren't that high, I don't feel like. Because Dee was, like, threatened by Katora, but we had no reason to believe, like, why she would be threatened by Katora. 
you know, I feel like the stakes would have been much higher if like we had gotten more of Katora in the edit. I see what you're saying. To see more of her. And I feel like they always do this. I feel like where it's like, it ends up being the people with the most screen time are usually the final three. Yeah. But like, what about that final four? Like that's way more compelling to see. And again, I get it. Cause it's like Reba was running the game. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like I get what you're saying. I, I think it, I think you're right. Is that like, obviously some people suspected Katora as a bigger threat than what we saw based on what we saw. Yeah. Maybe that's our interpretation. I don't know. But at the same time, like I don't think she wasn't a threat. I, I just think that I think was she a bigger threat than everybody else left? I think it, it does put into question, however, this idea of like she wasn't Final Four, so presumably they would have showed us much, much more of her game. But then it, I think it also then brings up the the, the obvious question to the obvious response to that is, what if that was just all the game that she had? And everyone's perception of her was just as a bigger threat. And I think maybe her a lot of her perception, to be fair, is also she's a great talker. Mm. Um, and we knew that. But like maybe her game really was just like that was just kind of it, you know? Um I, know. I think that's I, I get what you're saying, but I don't know. Based based on what we saw, there seems to be more on the vine, but also it's like surely they would have shown us everything, and then it's like, well then maybe they did show us everything. So who knows? I guess maybe that is a uh, we have to listen to an interview with Katora to figure out more of what yeah. she's talking about. I mean, and to be fair, like, I think we didn't give her enough credit for like we kind of dogged on her for like every time someone would tell her not to say something and she'd go tell somebody else. Like, I don't think a lot of people like think, you know, they don't I'm not going to tell this person because it's going to come back to bite me because I'm the one that told it. And it never came back to bite her yeah. that like she would share information with people because I think she was connected enough. Yeah. And I guess I think we didn't like talk about that enough. I think we kind of dogged on her for being like, of course, Katora would go tell the one person. Which but is like the thing that D picks up on a lot is that like she was on the right side of the vote and no one really wanted the gun for her that much. Yeah. And she did that because it's, you know, for her game. Yeah. And I think D probably picked up on that because that's what D was doing. Yeah. Um. And it did come back to bite her because the one time she shouldn't have done it, she did it. She went against whatever and didn't vote out D. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like that's part of her game that, like, in retrospect, I see, but, like, didn't see throughout the season, didn't yeah. pick up on. Um, just kind of dogged on her for being like, of course, Katora would go tell the one person. Why would you tell Katora? She's going to go tell somebody else. But the fact that she kept doing that and no one ever went after her for it. Mm hmm. It's kind of impressive. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like usually people get voted out for that sort of thing. So that's like Emily. <laughs> yeah. That's the fan favorite award. I also want to give out the classic messy B award um, for the messiest B of the season. Um, what, for example, Kayla uh, in that Jesse season, I think wins that award for messiest B. I think her name is Kayla. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, she was the Hispanic woman that had the nose ring. Uh oh! In that season, um, I think she gets Bessie's B award. There was a season prior in the in the Marianne season, the girl that was really good on camera, and then it, they she's the reason they stopped doing the Ponderosa <laughs> videos is because she just got angry at everybody at Ponderosa. Uh, I think she maybe gets Messi's B award. Um, who gets Messi's Carla? B? Carla, there it is. I was like Car Kayla's not her name. Car I, I was like I thought it was Kayla. 
Obviously, I was wrong. Carla, I think that's messiest B that season. Who's the messiest B this season? And I have a, I have a guess. Is it Emily? Uh, not really. She, she. Or is it Bruce? I think the B stands for Bruce. This season. <laughs> B. Bruce talks three times this entire episode. Like at least before the post stop, I stopped counting at the post stop. He talks like two, maybe three times. He he doesn't even ask a question. And if he did, they cut it out. Like he was like a ghost in this finale. Uh, and it, I was just kind of shocked by it because it was like Bruce was such a character the entire game. And it's like maybe there's some sort of controversy about Bruce that I don't know about or something, but or they maybe, maybe cut him out. Maybe his question just didn't lead to anything to fun. anything in the edit. Which is plausible, but it's like then they'll, they usually like add some sort of dumb music underneath it or something. Uh, it was just like they cut him out of this episode so much. Uh, and the one and the one time he really talked was, you know, when everyone in the jury had something to say. But the only other time was him admitting that he had an idol and then D dunking on him. And D going, well, then you should have played it. Which made me think of like, did Bruce like upset a producer or something? Did he say something while the episodes are coming out? Is he like, I don't know, pro Hamas or something? I don't know, some insane, insane thing. Like some for some reason Bruce got like really cut out this episode, uh, and I don't know what happened with that. Uh, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but something about Bruce just feels like he was the messiest bee this season. Uh, I don't really think there's Emily. I can see maybe your argument, but I don't really know. Uh, maybe you could also make an argument for Katora in terms of like always turning around and just telling everybody, but I don't think that's really that. Um, so, messiest B to me is also more so like who's the pettiest person <laughs> and also it just reads Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> you know maybe Drew maybe Emily maybe you can make an argument for them but really it feels like it's Bruce are there any other special awards that you want to give out Bean for this season I mean obviously they tried really hard award which is <laughs> Jake. The, Jake. Lincoln, the Lincoln Park Award please the Lincoln Park Award uh, goes to Jake uh-huh. uh huh he tried so hard and got so far. I think biggest turnaround, Emily. Yep. Biggest um, character growth, Emily, for um, sure. And uh, biggest hair, Caleb. <laughs> uh, 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 um, um, uh, biggest wobble, but no damage, D. <laughs> biggest, big wobble, no damage, good uh, at D. Uh, uh, greatest mom <laughs> Emily interesting <laughs> yeah. just like an interesting different award um, you know um, I, I think know. Uh, most references used in the season Drew most literally reference, literary uh, references used in the season I guess season. the Shakespeare award goes to Drew mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, best yeah. eyes goes to Kelly and Austin, <laughs> biggest Thank teeth, you? biggest teeth, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Most forgettable. Who's the most forgettable award go to? And, I, and I'll tell you who. I want to say his name is Sean. The one who quit. The third, second one that quit. Yeah, I would say Brando. Brando is very forgettable. Like Sean, at least quit and had a memorable moment. I feel like Brando is kind of forgettable. You can't forget Brandon because no, could never forget. Could never forget Sifu. No, least forgettable Sifu. <laughs> I wish I could forget him. 
Uh, he just keeps running around your brain. Like, I remember Hannah more than I remember Sean and Brando, for sure. I think I remember everyone more than I remember Bra- um, Brando. Least tapped potential, Sabaya. Sabaya. She she so. she could have had a very interesting post merge game. If she survived that long, but it's just Lulu kept losing and sucking, so she she had to go at some point. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't really know. Um. These these are our survivor superlatives. Yeah. Um. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Best uh, hair. Caleb. No, you were. Gonna, I was gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Austin, but it was definitely D. Her hair was always on point. It is true. I don't know how. I don't know how. I am pro fro. I do. I am pro short fro on Caleb. I'm not sure about the big old seventies fro on Caleb. I was bigger. I like the shorter shorter fro on him. Um, these are just my fro takes. Uh, I think he's, he's he's a small dude. Well, he's not small. He's tall. He's tall. But he's like he's it just blanky. adds more height. Yeah. Uh, it makes his head even bigger. I just like the shorter fro. Uh, Kendra, what's her superlative? Um, uh, the Carolyn Award. <laughs> <laughs> the Carolyn Award, of course, goes to Kendra. That's a dumb question to ask. Of I mean, course. she didn't do it as well as Carolyn. No, uh, but she was herself. Yeah, but she was she herself. herself. The um, most, I guess, the Authenticity Award is AKA the Carolyn Award. Yeah, um, goes to, of course, Kendra. Yeah. Uh. Anything else about the season before we get to points? Hmm. You know, it was fine. I think <laughs> it's like it's like when it's like when the we like record two hours of the finale. And you're like, it was fine. It's like when you know the team that's like fourteen and zero all season wins the championship, and you're like, you're like all right, cool, <laughs> all right, all right, that's fine. Sure. Um. You know, I feel like I'm glad it was D and not Austin, but um, you really want an upset win. Sure. That's really what I always hope for. The Marianne was like a big like, yeah. Yeah. And and I felt that in my core. Yeah. But this, I just felt like, yeah, it's D. D makes sense, right? Like D as the winner, especially of those three, makes sense. I don't want the winner that makes sense. I want the winner that that takes it. I'm, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm looking at the Survivor Reddit and just sort of looking at people's thoughts on C, on the C award person. And someone, uh, if we had to give a different superlative to somebody, uh, I think we'll give it, I'm going to steal it from the Reddit commenter, the Charlie Brown award obviously goes to Jake. <laughs> Kicking, always cook, always kicking that football kick and always football. missing, but he always gets back up to kick that football one more time. He'll always kick that football. The Charlie Brown Award. Kick that football, Jake. You don't stop kicking. I thought it was a good season. I uh, let's let's rank the seasons that we've seen. Okay, so we saw season forty-one with Marianne, forty-two with, well, no, forty-two was Marianne. My apologies. Forty-three was Gabler. Forty-four was Jam Jam. Forty-five is d um if we had to rank the seasons overall how would we rank these seasons i mean i think my favorite of the four was the marianne season mm-hmm. me too I'm, that's my number one yeah um which one was the one that had jesse was that that was gabler's? gabler that was gabler's 
I re- I liked that season. I didn't necessarily. The the winner is not great. I wasn't stoked by a Gabler win, but it did shock me, which I think is kind of like even if I don't agree with the winner, I want it to shock. It me. was a nice twist. Yeah. <laughs> because because his it was a twist that we didn't see coming, but it was also like a tribal council performance that were like a jury performance where like actually you could see it moving toward yeah. Gabler. Yeah, and all of us being like, wait, actually. Keepler might pull this out. Yeah. <laughs> and that was good. That was a great twist. Yeah. And he did a good job of doing that. I, I like a performance like that. Yeah. And honestly, I think... I think what's more of a compelling season is two people in the final three that have similar games that we saw a lot of, but yeah. they were the underdogs the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, then, what about Jam Jam season with three people in the final? No, that's what I, that's what I just said. Oh, okay, perfect. Oh, you said two. Sorry, who's the third person? Carson. Carson was not in the final three. Yeah, he was. He was not. One hundred percent. He was not. One hundred percent. No, he wasn't. One hundred percent. Hundred. One thousand percent. It was Carolyn Carson and Jam Jam. No, because he asked a question from the jury. Oh, he did. He, it was because it was vital that he was in the jury. You're right. Carson was in in jury because it was vital for him to be in that jury because he was coaching them essentially from the sidelines. Yeah. Who was the third? It was um Jam Jam Heidi? It was Heidi. Who the hell is Heidi? Um <laughs> Green Tribe, I think. <laughs> Can you have a picture? Curly hair. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't um, know who that woman is. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> she is not real. She oh, is, how dare. <laughs> she is. Whatever, you don't remember whatever, Heidi? Whoever Heidi is, she is not. Oh, yeah, I remember Heidi. God. Heidi was the one I thought was going to win at, from the beginning. Uh, her, her, if I recall correctly, her performance was just not that great. In the no, tournament. and again, so I think it was more compelling to have two people from the same tribe that we saw a lot of that were like the focus of the season, but they were the underdogs the whole time mm-hmm. versus the two people who from the very beginning have been on the winning alliance and all we see is the Reba four and then two of them make it to the final three like we said they were going to and then one of them and then one of them wins i think that's less compelling obviously it's what happened i just i just felt like it was played out and boring um it sounds like you're leaning towards the exact order that the seasons have come out is what your one two three and four is yeah marianne gabler jam jam d yeah but it doesn't sound like you hated the season per se. No, it was- and I, th- I think like the earlier of the season, I think the earlier half of the season to me was better than the first half of last season, because the first half of last season was just the same tribe getting crushed over and over and over again, and then it just continued on. Versus like this was like also that a little bit of that, but then we got more tribe camp life. Yeah. To build up the other tribes. The 90 we got minutes to watch helped. other things. The 90 minutes helped that. But I think the ending of the season, if we're going by like the end of the season, I think last season was better. I think the season did a lot better, and I think it's mostly because of the 90 minutes of diving into people and the humans a lot more. Um, I don't know if we would have learned as much about Katora, as much about Jake, or if we would have learned about them, we would have learned less about other people. Yeah. I think the 90 minutes really helped. Like you said, the first, we would have had just like, it would, the first half of the season would have been so tiring and boring if it was literally just like week after week after week after week of just seeing Lulu suck at this and then constantly lose um, and then nothing else. Yeah. We just see the, the, the just an hour of people sucking. 
uh, versus 90 minutes of people sucking in, or 60 minutes of people sucking in, 30 minutes of people being like, hey, we're having fun over here, aren't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I agree with you. I like the Marianne a lot. Gabler, I also enjoy him as a good twist. And Jesse being in there was great. I think that, like, final four was heartbreaking yeah like jesse getting eliminated I, was i think heartbreaking i if gabler didn't win maybe that's above marianne i really like that season yeah uh, i think i was i the was gabler in win it. Is just like and, and also what after the fact of gabler it's just sort of like i don't know if i want to really praise that yeah also i don't really want to pr- necessarily praise a passive performance uh, which emily didn't either yeah it's really dangerous is that sort of yeah. idea i was heart my, I mean, everyone i think we all were our hearts were shattered when Jesse lost. Oh yeah. Like that oh, was sorry. Oh sorry, the Kool-Aid man just walked in. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was shattered. Uh but I was still invested in that whole like from the final four. Like and that's the thing, I wasn't really invested. It's kinda like What sucks about that is that that whole season's great right up until Jesse loses, because everything after that is Gabler winning and the entire jury like hating on Cassie. Yeah. Or Cassidy or whatever her name was. Like everyone like everyone like online being like, oh she was gonna win and then being like it what help what really helped Gabler win was him having a better jury performance than everyone expected, but also So that they ev- felt like okay giving him the win because he had a good jury performance. And everyone was upset at Cassidy for eliminating Jesse. Which and, honestly, and, and not like, and not putting up her immunity to face Jesse at at fire. No, <laughs> screw with that. That's dumb. I, yeah, I was I was so mad about that. That finale was like, just sort yeah, of like, I was shattered into a million pieces when Jesse was eliminated. However, she played did the right what move. needed to do. She knew like how to eliminate Jesse. Yeah, literally, like, it, that should count for something. Yeah, she was never going to win. It was a lose-lose situation for her based on this jury. Yeah. It was like either Jesse is in final three and wins the game or he loses fire uh, and then I'm out and then I win. The only thing that would have impressed people was for me to beat Jesse at fire, I guess, but I still think people would have been upset about that maybe. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I no, I think they were unfair to her. I think it was unfair completely. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, Shattered I, into a minute. I'm still hurt about it. Marianne's was great. Uh, it was a great, fun season. Yeah, that was really satisfying because I feel like the person who should have won won. Yeah, uh, Jam Jam was like, "Yeah, I'm on board with that. That's that's fine by me." Um, and it was a solid season with them. And of course, I met my podiatrist. Um, and then uh, this season was this season was very much like loser, loser, loser at the top, the Lulu losers at the top. And then at the last half, it was just sort of like re before domination but no one realizing it <laughs> and just yeah. getting constantly winning getting destroyed over and over again and it just the rats eating each other basically uh, anyways let's get to the points my least favorite part of this because Which i've been losing aren't official until this evening they aren't official this till this evening we can either stop here and record it later as a as a part to i guess of the recording or i did tally up what i think the points will be I think we should just wait. Are you sure? Yeah. Because we can finish the episode and not record later tonight. And you're, all, you're also working till like, what, nine or something tonight? Yeah, but it'll take five minutes. And I think, I don't know. I feel like if we have the time to just do it accurately. Okay. That's fine. We can do that. Um, Who knows? I mean, you may get more points than you think. I don't think I'll get enough points. <laughs> 
All right, then we will be back in five seconds uh, with the totals of the points um, and everything and all the information that we need. Uh, Should we do the outro anyway? No, can we? Can we? Can we just do this one actually? Because I'm also thinking about like, okay, when am I going to edit it at ten o'clock tonight and then upload it immediately? Like, I'm going to go bed later tonight because we have to wake up super early. I would prefer if we just do it. How about we do it now, and then if we have the time, we'll re-record it. Or if it's dramatically different. Yeah. I would just maybe not upload it until... Tonight. tonight. So, so again, I have to edit it later tonight at Well, no, because you might not have to edit it later tonight. You can edit it now, and if it comes out, it's not that different, then we're like, okay, just upload it. Okay. If it comes out and it's very different, then we're like, okay. Okay. So let's get to the points here. Um, I went through and through, went through all the points and bonus points, everything based off of global.tv that we, the website we've been going with to get all these points for the entire season. They don't upload them until Thursday afternoon. We're recording this Thursday morning. So we don't know if this, this isn't the official point totals. Uh, also I didn't even have our total, total point totals, but I do know what the differential is between the two of us. Last we left off, you were winning by 69 points. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but, um, uh, so, but I went through and basically was like, okay, what do we have here? Um, so I guess I will go through what we have here. Starting with the people that don't matter. Uh, D, well, that, um, she did win, so it doesn't necessarily not, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter point. to our points. doesn't matter to us because she wasn't on either of our teams. Uh, D walked away with 50 points this episode. A lot of points in this episode based on what I calculated. 50 points for D. She gets 30 points uh, for winning the whole damn thing. Uh, she got five points for getting chosen to go on a reward. Uh, wait, no. No, she, she didn't get chosen. She didn't get chosen to go to an award. She got chosen to go to an award. What did she get five points for? No, she didn't get five of the points. She didn't five get those points? points. She didn't get the five of points. Uh, yeah, so you're right. My mistake. Again, this is why I'm a dumby. Uh, I'm like Gumby, but I'm dumby. Um, all right, so she gets 45 points. She gets 30 points for winning the game, and then 15 points for uh doing something you didn't write any of these down (laughs) no of course not uh what did she get 15 points for okay let's let's redo this later oh wait no no hold on she won individual immunity yes that's what it is Wins individual immunity. Thank you. I knew it was like this is something. Like, so, come on, Ryan. Get it together. D gets 45 points. She gets 30 for winning the whole thing and 15 points for winning individual immunity. Moving on to Julie. 10 points is all I have written down. Typically, you get three points for each week they survive post-merge. I don't think she gets three points here for being eliminated at five. Same thing with Katora getting eliminated at four. Because I don't think so. they I say don't. survive each week. And they didn't survive the week. They survived 10 minutes into the episode or whatever. Yeah. So I'm not going to give her the three points. That kind of sucks to be in fifth and fourth. You even get list points and everybody else. But uh, I said she got 10 points because she was... Uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, Torch gets snuffed as a result of a blind side. 
Sorry, Julie. Uh, speaking about Katora as well, Katora, I said, got 15 points. We said she got five for visually crying of tears on camera. We could not recall if she cursed. Um, but she I know Jake did. We know Jake did. Um, we could not recall if she cursed, but either way... Uh, right if anything, it would have been when she was talking in the confessional probably about D and how she fucked up. Potentially. I'm not, we're not entirely positive. But she definitely cried on camera. That's five. Uh, and then ten points uh, is getting an idol played on her. Is having someone else's idol. Hidden immunity, a hidden immunity idol is played on them by another player. So she gets 15 points. So right now, in terms of te- teams, Julie has 10. Katora has 15. You have Katora. I have Julie. Going oh, to- I had 15? Yes, you had 15. I have 10. Uh, moving on to Austin. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, moving on to Austin, he has 35 points. He gets 20 points for coming in second place. Uh, and he gets 15 points for winning individual immunity. Good for him. He only gets, as far as I can tell, 35 points. I think the things I would be missing, if anything, are the five-point stuff. But honestly, folks, it is not going to change a thing because based on what we got coming up, it's rough stuff. So, again, D got 45, Austin 35, Julie 10, Katora 15. I had Austin and Julie. That gives me an extra 45 points, folks, uh, which means that right now we have a 69-point differential. I have 24. 45 points. It brings me to 24. I have so a 24-point lead. You have a 24-point lead, and I haven't said Jake yet. So, we'll get, again, unless like oh, I'm did miss- you already get the... Yes. Well, I have 15 points that you haven't counted for yet, so now I have a 39-point lead. Oh, yes, sorry. I, you're, my mistake. <laughs> 24 plus 15 from Katora. That's a 39-point differential. I have not named Jake yet. Uh, so unless, again, this is why I don't think the five-point things necessarily matter. If I'm completely off and a bunch of people like Austin missed a bunch of five points or whatever, unless he can get eight <laughs> different five-point categories... I'm not making it up. And that's before I said Jake. Okay. Jake. Tell me Jake. So what I have written down for Jake is that he gets 10 points for coming in third place, right? Mm-hmm. He got five points for getting chosen to go on a reward, for finding a game advantage. Um, Did for- he find that in this episode? Yep. At the beginning of the episode, he found that advantage. Not the idol, but the advantage. Does that count? Oh, finds or gets a game advantage. Okay, I was like, he didn't find it. (laughs) Um, Visually cries on camera with tears. I would say that's true. Says a curse word. That's true. Um, No one kissed another player in the game, by the way. We needed a single kiss from Dear Austin. And right now, as of press time, uh, no idea if there are even a couple. There's hints, All signs are pointing to yes. But there's hints. They're making it hush-hush. Yeah. Um... Uh, I believe that was all the five point stuff. He didn't get any ten points. He also gets fifteen points for, um, da, 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 gives an immunity idol or uh, away or plays it for another player, and winning a fire making challenge. Did you get gets chosen to go on a reward? Yes, I did. Okay. So adding all of those different points up, folks, that gives Jake sixty points. I believe that is the most. I, I believe that is the most points ever gotten. Of yeah. anyone mm-hmm. in this entire season, based mm-hmm. off of mm-hmm. the point sc- scoring that we've been going mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. So again, that bumps you up mm-hmm. all the way. Assuming we don't have massive difference, but again, mm-hmm. this massive difference is a lot. 
That bumps you up to a 99-point differential, meaning that Jesse Dubiaski has won this season of Survivor Series. You want to get a speech? Speech. Speech. Um, speech. Well, I just want to thank uh, Jake for crying on camera and for um, Katora for cursing on camera consistently to get me consistent points. Um, I just want to thank uh, myself for picking a strong team from the beginning and never never wavering and 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 trusting in myself. Um, I believe. I want to say, no, you started with Julie, right? Did you start with Julie or did you pick up Julie? I believe I started with Julie. Okay, I was going to say, uh, both my people in the final were uh, from the beginning. So I never I never wavered. I just want to thank myself for never wavering. Wow. And for being like just there for myself when I needed it. <laughs> and and for really like, you know, trusting my gut. And, and I just want to thank my biggest supporter, um, Tucker and Jude and myself again um, for <laughs> my biggest supporter, me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just thank thank you to Jake for getting me further than I thought you would. And um, I never doubted you. This is where we cut in where I'm like, who do I get rid of? Maybe Jake. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't. You know what? I didn't get rid of you. So, yeah, um, I would like to thank uh, our Lord and Savior uh, Jeff Probst for provoking of course. Um, Jake to say curse words and cry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just that's all I got. Uh, and you're welcome, folks. Suck it. <laughs> suck it, America. Well, there you go. That's uh, the very uh, uh, humble speech yeah. by our winner, Jesse DiBiaschi. Uh This has been... I'm always humble. I'm the most humble person that there is. Like, mm-hmm. I've never... I'm always I'm humble. The, I'm honestly the best at being humble. I'm, yeah, honestly, like, I'm better at everyone. <laughs> at being humble. At being humble. Yeah. yeah. Everyone really sucks at it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I don't even have to say it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just... I'm the most humble that I've ever met, so... Yeah, I believe this is a Lonely Island song from a pop star. Never stop stopping. Anyways, uh, this has been this season of Survivor Series. If you appreciate, if you like the show, if you appreciated what we did here, then we would uh, please encourage you to subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts, uh, and also leave a review, leave a five star review on iTunes. That's the most helpful place for those reviews. But anywhere, obviously, is helpful. We would appreciate it. Um, it would help us a lot if we leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. Podcast. Podcast. Um, we would greatly appreciate. It, it would really help us out. And and, uh, of course, we would recommend subscribing to Survivor Series. Now, I know that doesn't mean you'll get anything in the future immediately, but we can say that the new season of Survivor, uh, Survivor Season 46, will start on February 28th, which means we will have an episode, ideally. We'll uh, be back. We'll be back, ideally, February 26th in the new year with our sort of breakdown of who of reading over and who we're going to pick uh, for our new yeah. season of Survivor. So if you have any complaints about uh, the way that we choose our teams or any any critiques, mm-hmm. uh, get them in now. Get them in now. And you can email those at scurviverseries at gmail.com. S-C-U-R-V-I-V-O-R series at gmail.com. Any other thoughts, Jesse? My Let- shameless plug of the week. Yes, sh- <laughs> Sure. Uh, negotiate your health bills. 
Yeah. Um, always, always get an itemized bill from any, especially any hospital stay, yeah. emergency room visit. Make sure that before you pay it, they're gonna they're gonna mail you a bunch of bills, and then call call up the billing department, and say send me an itemized copy, please. Yeah. And you can dispute charges. Um, maybe they charge you for morphine and you never got morphine. Um, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. Fight it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes, you know, as as we found out with Ryan, that uh, if you ask to be on a payment plan, they'll knock off a couple hundred bucks for you yeah. to just pay it. So True fact. I didn't fight anything at all. I just said I was too poor to pay it at this time. And they said, how about we knock off like 500 bucks off your bill? I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can pay it now. Don't let them take advantage of you. Always ask for an itemized copy. Go through it. Dispute any charges. Um yeah, don't let them just take your money without a fight. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, folks, fight the power. Um, you that- can call the billing department and you can tell them that I did not receive this. Mm-hmm. If you didn't receive it, mm-hmm. they will charge you for things that you don't, because it's it's a big operation. <laughs> yeah, they're just gonna slap it on there and they're gonna hope that people, you know, they're like, well, nine times out of ten, we did give them morphine, so. Uh huh. Uh, well, I think people at home would appreciate that advice. Uh, I think people at home. That's your shameless plug of the week. My shameless plug of the week is uh, just love everybody. Uh, <laughs> wow, how vague and unhelpful. Um, go listen to Sia's new album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what another album is. Uh, anyways, thank you all back. We'll be back Febu- in February for the new season of Survivor. New season of Survivor. My apologies. Um, We'll never explain what Survivor means and why we say Survivor, not Survivor. That's fine. Um, But we appreciate everybody for listening to this season. We'll be back in February. Until then. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye.